Yo, what's happening everybody? It's Joe from Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. And this week I was really excited. I got to sit in the tap room at one of my favorite places to hang out, which is Workforce Brewing over in Plainfield. Uh, the new tap room is impeccable. Uh, Brandon and Amanda, right, they were so generous. And with their even with their two-month-old daughter, Mabel, she joined us. Um, it was really cool sitting down with them and learning a little more uh, than what I had already known just by hanging out in that tap room so many times. So... Uh, we talked about everything. We talked everything from the beginning till till current day. Um, Brandon certainly knows how to tell a story, so sit back and relax, and uh, hopefully you can strap in and listen to this whole two-hour podcast. Uh, Workforce, one of the greatest places on the planet, so if you haven't been there, get out there. And if you haven't been to the Facebook page yet, just uh, search Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast and uh, like the page. Share that with your friends. Hopefully go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. Uh, get me on Instagram. You can follow me at, at uh, JoeBob41. Uh, pretty easy on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and then other than that, follow me on Untap. Same thing, at JoeBob41. I love to see what everybody's drinking. So get us on the social media, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. I'm sitting in the the new addition to the workforce tap room here, surrounded by sweet tanks and a lot of awesomeness and two pretty awesome people. I got uh, Brandon here and Amanda. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, they're looking forward to using mics, I can tell. They're, <laughs> they're both very excited. And and who else? Who's our third guest that we got uh, over we here? We have Mabel. She's two months. Two months what? Hopefully, <laughs> two months. Two months old. sober. Two months. <laughs> All of the above. Hopefully, she won't be making her first podcast appearance yeah. by crying in the background. That's all right if she does. Uh, I like the first. Um, <laughs> so, in case you guys are wondering what the hell we're talking about, uh, this is uh, Brandon and, and Amanda's new child, Mabel. She's two months old. She's joining us in the back of the brewery here. She joins us everywhere. She joins. You. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about workforce, guys. Basically, I'm here to get your guys' story. So Sweet. how did it all start? How long How long ago? I mean, what What the hell gave you the idea? Like, hey, why don't I just do this? So you want the full story? I don't want, I want it all, damn it. <laughs> um, so I would plan on uh, listening to this podcast for the next uh, four hours because uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Um, now, so I've been homebrewing for, uh, Got 14 years or so now, and uh, started in college. Uh, bought my first kit from a liquor store that uh, you know kind of went in. I always wanted to brew beer. Um, I'd started school up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Kind of met a guy who like brewed his own beer. I was like, "That's the coolest thing in the world." Uh, how do you do this? So uh, at that time, you know, I was a young guy, uh, new into college, and uh, didn't really have any place up there to to find uh, homebrewing supplies. So I transferred, went to Southern, um, not because of homebrewing supplies, but uh, due to changing schools. And while I was down there, walked into Old Town Liquors down in Carbondale, SIU. And uh, kind of while we were getting beer one day, looked over to my left and there was an entire shelf of homebrew kits and hops and yeast. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so kind of started talking to the guy behind the counter and he kind of could tell that I was like really interested in this. So he took me into the basement Old Town Liquors, which if you've ever been to Carbondale, it's sounds a, sketchy. It's so <laughs> sketchy. It's unbelievably <laughs> sketchy. 
And he's like, come with me down to the basement. So I go down to this basement, and there's just, like, homebrewing stuff everywhere, buckets, you know, fermenters, all this stuff. And uh, so I walked out that day with, you know, all these supplies and just started on my stovetop. And from there, uh, pretty much stopped focusing on school, uh, which was, you know, college. And I bass fished, rock climbed, and brewed beer every day. Uh, I'm a university studies major from Southern Illinois. But if anyone is listening to this podcast and doesn't want to go to school, I say don't do that. <laughs> Study accounting, business do management, Do as finance. I say, not as I do. <laughs> See, you're already practicing your parenting skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, so moved back up north after college. Um, you know, was brewing at my parents' house and... Uh, Amanda would come over and help me. You know, we were brewing together and and doing things, and um, just started staining his uh, parents' oh, kitchen man. table with uh, a <laughs> star sand. And you want the first brew tangent? Days, like. Yeah. So, first tangent, my mom gets brand new like Corian countertops, like really nice. I guess Corian's like a stone or a composite stone, right. right? Real nice. I'll agree with that. She had them for like a week, right? And I come in. I'm back home from college. I'm home brewing. And I left a bottle of star sand on the counter and some of the star sand, which is a sanitizer for those that don't know. It's an oh, yeah, acidic yeah. sanitizer. We were just talking about this. Yeah, yeah and it, uh, it, it had kind of leaked down uh, from the bottle, and it etched her brand-new Corian countertops. So needless to say, Mom and Dad didn't kick me out of the house, but they kicked me out of the kitchen, and I started brewing in the garage. You're banned. You're banned is what I, you're, um, you're saying. So, okay. I would probably tell her, like, maybe those countertops aren't that great if a little star sand. <laughs> they should obviously be covered under warranty for star sand right? uh, usage. I mean, it's a, it's a sanitizer. That's all we were doing. Right. Sanitizing just trying the to clean the countertops. Yeah. See, you know. So then, uh, you know, I, was, we lived, I lived at my house for a couple of years or whatever after college uh, while Amanda and I were looking for kind of a uh, house of our own. And uh, the second thing that happened was Christmas Day. Um, I had bottled one of my homebrew batches and growlers and get back. My parents, you know, took us to church for Christmas and we get back from the service uh, Christmas day. I run down to the basement cause I'm like, I need a beer and, uh, I need my beer, <laughs> I need my beer now. And, uh, as soon as I opened the door to the basement, all I could smell was beer. And I was like, huh, this is not a good sign. So your yeast still eating? As I ran down, rounded the corner, I had packaged in growlers, which if anyone's looking to homebrew, don't ever package in growlers. They can't take the pressure. I've heard uh, that. Yep. They exploded, mm-hmm. and uh, all the beer ran over to in my dad's workshop over to the drywall. It had, like, soaked up the drywall and had stained the walls of my wow. parents' house. So that was two. So walls and countertops. Yeah. You're like a general contractor, see? Yeah, okay. right, right. So Just trying to leave your mark before we left the, the nest. Yep. You know? I never reasonable. wanted them to forget about me. So uh, so that was number two. So finally, you know, my parents uh, wished us goodbye as we bought our house here in Plainfield, and we kind of moved on. Um, Amanda uh, has been a photographer for 10 years and had a, a business that was successful, and I kind of got into the, the life of, well, I need to make a living now. And so I had uh, a job at Office Max corporate working in the merchandising department uh, on third floor of their headquarters. Hated it. It was like I had the bobs, if uh, anyone's ever seen. He had some Office consultants. I had, I had multiple bobs. And then uh, 
from there I got out of that, still homebrewing a crazy amount, joined Club Wirt and Pal Time. Then when we moved to Plainfield, I joined uh, Pale, Plainfield Ale and Lager Enthusiasts. Um, and from there, uh, we I, I got out of Office Max, worked at a winery actually for a little while, uh, up Valentino Vineyards up in Long Grove. So I learned some fermentation techniques and a little bit of a uh, bigger scale. And then got, got stung by a bunch of bees. Oh man, stung like three to five times a day. Like we, a hazard, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Talk about a workplace hazard. Uh, he didn't have any sort of a picker machine for like this fifteen acres of grapes he had. So me uh, and a, like three other guys like hand picked ten thousand pounds of grapes, and you'd grab a bunch, and all of a sudden, like zap, you know, there's bees on it, and you don't see them. And so I built up a tolerance to oh, good, to good. bee stings. Uh, and then it's kind of the point where, you know, had to make a living again. So got into corporate real estate. My father was a corporate real estate broker and got me an interview at a firm he worked at and ended up, uh, getting a position there and started wearing a suit and tie every day. Oh my God. It was the worst. I'm staring at you right now. It's hard. It's hard to picture. It was the worst decision ever, (laughs) but, uh, so got into corporate real estate. Everyone's like, "Yeah, you're gonna make a great living. Cool, it's awesome." And snapping uh, necks, cash and checks. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I had a tire iron in my my back seat just to make sure that those checks cleared. But uh, then we hit, um, you know, Octo- October 2007, and the recession hit. And I'll never forget my phone rang for like a month straight. And I lost uh, every deal that I had worked at. You know, real estate, you're a commission-based, um, you know, industry. And just watched everything fall apart. So I, I weathered through the storm. And Amanda's business was still doing well. She's, a, you know, was a wedding photographer. So she was booking in advance. And we weddings had, don't stop. They don't. Thank God yeah. people get married. I know, married. man. <laughs> I, do, I do videos sometimes for people's weddings. And, yeah, that's, that's a business right there. Mm-hmm. It was wild. So... Made it through, kind of got the book of business back going as a real estate broker, and uh, got finally a couple deals done. Paid off the the money I owe. I was you know we were over our head in credit card debt and you know mortgage payments and all this stuff. It just it was really tough. And uh, then all of a sudden, uh, kind of had that moment where I was like, I'm done with all of this. We're we're I can't do real estate anymore. And we got in our Jeep and I was driving around and I said, this is it. I'm leaving the, the real estate world and I'm going to open up what I love. And it's going to be called Brando's House of Awesomeness. And we're going to, this is a true story. Insert my eye roll here. Right. This is yeah. a lot of hubris Probably. happening yeah. right now. <laughs> and again, I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast and it took like 10 minutes to get to this no, no, part no. of the story. That's the point of the podcast. But there's a reason. It Really, it all fell into place. Uh, what, what year are we at right now? Like 2007, 2007 2008? Okay, okay, we've jumped out. Okay. So, so, so I made forward. Yeah, I, I went through. I, I, that real estate thing sucked. You gave and it I, his best. I gave it my best. Yeah, five, five years or so. And uh, so from there... Uh, we were going to sell. So Brando's House of Awesomeness was going to be skis and snowboard supplies, fishing tackle, disc totally golf, uh, totally homebrewing supplies, and skateboard decks. And you like the extreme Walmart? Like you have everything. It's going to be amazing. The extreme side. I still feel to this day I missed out on an opportunity on being probably the most amazing 
all you can do store hobby store ever so amanda said there's no way that you're exactly tell them exactly how how did you word it how'd you break that to him not gonna happen <laughs> no that's exactly how it went <laughs> just stone cold <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> so she's like pick one and I, you know, was a huge home brewer at the time. Uh, our whole basement was lined with carboys, and yes. um, I mean, we just had stuff everywhere. I'd, our we hadn't. I think we got our house. We'd lived in it by that point, probably three or four years. And from like the first week of getting this townhouse with a two car garage, we never parked the cars in it because I had home brewing stuff like all over, and the basement turned the basement into my man cave as well. So I had like two thirds of this house dedicated. Somehow there was like holes through our foundation down to the basement with <laughs> tubing, and he didn't know how they got there. Gravity. It was real weird. Yes. <laughs> all right, so tangent. I was brewing all these you know batches in the garage, and I would have to carry these carboys and everything down to the basement. And finally, I saved up some money and I bought these like twenty gallon. Um, uh, they were called Brewhemoth fermenters. I, they're not even in business anymore. Brewhemoth. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, God, I can't lug these like stainless steel 20 gallon fermenters into the basement. So I got the grand plan of drilling through the foundation wall and running a tube after my brew day through the basement. So she comes home one day as I like have a tube going from the garage transferring work down to the basement. I was like, honey, that was there. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. It's a coincidence. I, yeah. So that it was like hole perfect was perfect. Stuff. And I, 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 I'm transferring work into our basement. I apologize. So how long did you actually buy that that was there? Like, not at all? Oh, no. Oh, okay. yeah. Like, you clearly, no. clearly drilled this hole. <laughs> I'm a very bad liar. You have to clean up the dust next time. <laughs> yeah, that, a vacuum, maybe. I saw the drill with the drill bit sitting in on the <laughs> yeah. counter. Standing there uh, really no, I have no idea how that, that got that there. Wasn't me. That wasn't <laughs> me. It's like a little kid with chocolate all over his face. <laughs> wasn't, I didn't need that Wasn't cupcake. me, Mom. I have I no idea. Do it. It, was, uh, it was the dog. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> we do blame a lot of things on Chinook. Yeah, our poor dog. Our dog is named after Chinook Hops. I was just about to say, did I hear the word Chinook? Everything in our life hey, is beer. Just, yeah. yeah, just a, a, a Thank a, God a Mabel uh, escaped that. Huh. She <laughs> no. was going to be called Citra, but that didn't yeah. fly. <laughs> Too trendy. Need a more classic. Yeah. A classic hop. Well, we, uh, well, so Amanda was nine months pregnant. Our due date was Fobab uh, weekend. So we're on the stage, you know, or we get, we won an award, which was really awesome for uh, the fruit beer category this year. And uh, Which one was that? Uh, that was Funk? Farmhouse Vultures. Oh, oh yeah. Peaches and apricots. But uh, so we had, we didn't find out if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And we said, uh, well, if this baby is like, she goes into labor, like on stage at Fobab when this happens, if it's a boy, it's Fobabio. And if it's a girl, Perfect. it's Fobabia. Perfect. Feminine, masculine. See? You got it. See that? You can get a little lesson there. Yep. But uh, but anyways. Sriracha uh, and bacon were also thrown out as possible baby names. Oh, really? Shit. By, so, by other anyone brewers. Anyone in Yeah, okay. just uh, some, just some buddies. Fobab. Yep. yep. Fobabio, Sriracha, right? Was sounds reasonable. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've heard worse. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good baby, see? Yeah. So quiet and calm, just that. relaxing. Her secret nickname. I'm going to call her that the rest of her life. <laughs> Fobabia. <laughs> Mom will never Fobabia. know. Oh, God. Uh, but Poor Mabel. Okay. But, so uh, we got all the way to drilling holes in the foundation of a right, house. Right. So, so I had become this advanced home brewer, uh, you know, 20 gallons eyes, at that 20 point. 20 gallons at a time. Yeah. Splitting it into carboys. 
And uh, getting weird. Yeah, we got really weird. And uh, it got weird. Things got weird quick. Uh, so we, you know, when I had this kind of moment of, hey, I'm not not going to do this anymore. Uh, this corporate world. Uh, I kind of said earlier, we jumped in our Jeep and drove around and Brando's House of Awesomeness was going to happen, but then not going to happen because I had to focus on one thing. So home brewing store, you know, I've, I've been brewing all these recipes and designing all these these cool beers. Um, you couldn't find the ingredients anywhere unless you shopped online. There was no local place that really had the extensive, you know, grand s- s- landscape of I- ingredients. So I wanted to open a homebrew store that carried everything in the world right all these malts and hops and yeast so we found a little storefront uh or retail well actually it was an industrial building and it was behind binney's um just north of uh, town here in plainfield on route 59 and got a hold of the landlord old guy uh he decided to you know let me sign a lease with a couple months rent down and no like I don't even think I put a security deposit down. No, uh, you know. Plan whatsoever. No, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> dude, I want to rent this and open a store. And he's like, cool. Beer? Done. Let's do it. I like beer. So we signed a lease and uh, cashed in our like life savings, basically, and bought some stuff through uh, uh, some homebrew wholesale suppliers. And we sat on our kitchen table and started like putting together a point-of-sale software platform and and plugging things in and and uh december of 2011 uh we opened kind of soft opening because we were really involved in the pale plainfield ale and lager enthusiast homebrew club and uh, from there had a bunch of those guys come in and kind of had a little party and then in january 4th 2012 we actually opened our kind of first day to the public for the homebrew shop and just knocked it out of the park there was a demand for it people really supported us along the way Um, everyone was excited to kind of see and who knew me personally especially in pale and other like small homebrew clubs around that you know to see us like i got out of corporate life man i did it (laughs) yeah anybody who can escape is like a hero right (laughs) and it was a shop you know by a homebrewer for homebrewers so literally anything and everything that you wanted, or that a homebrewer would want, Brandon crammed into our thousand square feet. Yeah. At less than that was the actual store. We had warehousing in the back, but um, I think the store was like three hundred and fifty square feet. I mean, you, you were kind yeah. of filling something that wasn't there at the time, right? I mean, in twenty twelve, I mean, where else were people going to get this stuff from? So two brothers. There were um, a few shops. Yep, had had a little bit. Uh, there's Brewing Grow in Romeoville. They yep. were around. And uh, Bevart in Beverly, uh, I think uh, a few Saint in the city. Charles. Yep, St. Charles. Uh, they had uh, their shop going and winemakers, but but it wasn't um, to the advanced. It was a, a lot of um, like be- beginner be- stuff, yeah, beginner. like just like the the big hitters. You know, you could find. Not like Brando's World of Awesomeness right. level type stuff right. is what oh. you're trying to say. Nowhere close. Like okay. if you were getting weird, you right. were having a hard time finding what you needed. All those other shops were great. They had, they did have a good, good selection of stuff. Like they had what you need. Uh, they had, you know, good yeast strains and all that. 
but I was an all grain brewer then. So for those listening that don't know the difference as a home brewer, you can brew with um, like malt extract, like a liquid syrup or a powdered malt extract and uh, make great beer with it and add your hops and boil it. Or you can do, you know, you can go all grain, which you're crushing grain from scratch. I mean, it's like making bread from scratch, literally getting grain handed to you and you're going to mill it and do everything and, and customize this recipe. And that's what was really lacking uh, in the Chicago area. So when we started, I really focused on that, that side of it, mostly because, you know, selfish reasons. That's what I was doing, and that's what I wanted to brew, and I couldn't find this stuff. So, hey, let's, let, that's, let, we're going to stock this so that I can brew what I want. And, so many uh, great ideas are born that way. Yeah, it's like, screw you guys, I'm doing what I want. So some of our homebrew suppliers, you know, one in particular came in and he's like, you're nuts. This isn't going to work. You've got, you've got to carry wine kits. You've got to carry the beginner stuff and all that. And we had beginner stuff to get people into the hobby, but we wanted to move them into being an advanced homebrewer right away. And I said, you know, kind of stuck to my guns for the most part and said, no, I'm going to expand this huge selection. I did bring in wine kits. Worst decision ever as a business owner. Uh, totally flopped on us. Do you have us. a stubborn side or something like that? All sides. And uh, so from there, we just started uh, building a small business. And a couple months along, you know, we're, we're doing well. Um, not making a living yet, but it's, you know, at least I'm paying rent and buying, being able to buy some new supplies. And then uh, one day in May of 2012, I get a really nice certified letter served to me from um, the county that we're in. It was Will County. Uh, and it was a cease and desist and that I was in a violation of code and zoning ordinances. And if I didn't close my business immediately, they were going to fine me $500 a day retroactively from the day that I was open. What? So let's, let's just pause there for a minute. Pause. And just imagine. For dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. Have a pause. sip of beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have um, one quick sip of beer. I have a nice little sip of my, uh, what do I got here? I got a, a barrel-aged Hadouken. No, barrel-fermented barrel Hadouken. Fermented. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's an IPA that we age in one of our kind of Solera ferment. style, uh, sorry, ferment in one of our Solera style uh, Brett barrels. But so that was our pause for advertising, and now <laughs> boom, we're back. We're back. Next to time the you're story. a workforce brewing company, yeah, but <laughs> barrel fermented. But hey, but it's almost gone, so you probably won't like, get it by the time it, you're here. By the time the delicious. podcast comes out, it won't be available <laughs> so, anymore. Haha, to all of you people, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> so. So anyways, I get this letter, and I called the county, got a hold of uh, someone in the code compliance department, and uh, she was nice. And I said, you know, I think there's been a mistake. This, clearly, this letter was not meant for me. Like, I think, maybe it was meant for the landlord or another tenant. She's like, oh, no. Yeah, but that was meant for you. You have to close your doors, like, today. So, again put all my money into this uh amanda we're full fully invested like what do we do here so i'm panicking i call her like i mean i'm basically in tears going we've we're losing it like i don't know what did i do so turns out we were reported to the county uh for some code compliance uh as far as there was a bunch of build out in the space and i believe it was a former tenant or somebody in the building built out and put a loft in and kind of furnished it there was no permits for that and so they said that i had done that at first and also uh for zoning 
we had a warehouse portion where we were doing internet sales and online. I was selling actually local breweries when they were out of stuff. They'd come hit me up and right. we would sell to them. Which still happens to this day, right? To this day, mm-hmm. yep, yep. But we also had the retail homebrew store in the front, which was about a third of the, the space usage. And they said that that didn't qualify. Uh, you weren't allowed to do retail in that zoning. Um, however, you were allowed to do retail as far as if it's supplemented industrial use. So I kind of argued with them and said, hey, look, I'm selling to Supplementing breweries. breweries. Yeah. Okay. A limestone at the time, Ken McMullen was across the street. Uh, I was, you know, if he needed something, we would quick sell something to him. And they said, well, that use isn't in the industrial park. So so let's, let's back up one more second here. Across the street from me was the village of Plainfield. We weren't in the village. We were in an unincorporated. So this industrial park behind um, was zoned so that, like, that usage, if I sold to Ken across the street, that really didn't count as supplementing the industrial uses of the park. It's like, ooh. Okay. Literally, it's across the street. Like, I could throw a rock and hit their brewery. Uh, kind of sucked. So got a hold of a lawyer. Um, was out of downtown Plainfield, really nice guy, kind of a scar-smoking, old-time lawyer, uh, and he uh, called him up, gave him my story, said, here's what's happening, and he's like, ah, you're getting screwed by these guys. They're good. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, let's, and so he, he basically said, I'm going to work and help you. We're going to sit down, because I had to go to this official meeting at the county, and the whole whole thing happened, and He's like, and the whole time your doors are closed. Doors are closed now for about a week. Because you're just trying not to yeah. find $500 a day retroactive right. to the day. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to work for free. I'm gonna, I'll help you out. You know, Pro if it goes bono. too far, then we'll work something out. But right now, I'm, I'm just, I, that's just so stupid that they're hassling a young entrepreneur trying to make it and start a business in the county. So we, we go to this meeting. And uh, it's up at the county official's office, and these doors open, and uh, there's a round table, and like the head of every department in Will County is sitting around this table. Oh, and I walk in with this lawyer, and I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, here we go. Uh, I'm, you know, some guy standing outside with cuffs waiting to take me away. I'm like, <laughs> oh, damn it. Funny how your mind gets Saying from what point A to point B. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amanda, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That <laughs> I just wanted to sell home roost wise. <laughs> I uh, just wanted Brando's House of Awesomeness this, to happen. This sucks. <laughs> but uh, so I pled my case, and uh, you know the zoning thing. They they had this catch, and uh, they also kind of nailed me on. Uh, uh, I, we were behind a Benny's liquor store, and occasionally, like, you know. It actually was awesome at the time. Uh, you know, like some big beer release would happen, and we were friends with all the guys from the Benny's Liquor Store, and they'd be like, watch for the Miller Light distribution yes. truck at 2 p.m. And then That's walk, got it on right? there. So, so I was always, you know, getting these cool beers coming out, and we'd take them back to the store, and, of course, you know, in the back we'd, like, pop a beer, and, and you start becoming friends with everybody. They're walking in there, homebrewers. They're all like-minded people, and, you know, hey, well, yeah. Oh, and they would bring in a beer of, like, hey. Well, that was a huge no-no. Big mistake. Oops. So, so they kind of got me on that, too, and and uh, that actually wasn't even the major infraction that they were pushing against. It was more that kept coming back to this zoning thing. 
So in the zoning code, there was a line that said that if you were a uh, retail web vendor and your wholesale or your distribution operation was, you know, in that manufacturer in industrial park, that you could will call and people could order online, come to your establishment and pick up what they had ordered. So we did have a website. People did order stuff. We shipped like in store pickup. Like, it was yeah. in store pickup. Yeah. So we You're had ahead of the trend. Yeah. Right. Twenty twelve. You guys were killing it. Nailed it. Uh, so they made me sign a sworn affidavit. I can't make this up. I still got the affidavit to this day. It's framed. And we had to put in two web kiosks in the front of our store. And we put had to put a blue line. Our old school customers who have been with us from like the beginning, everyone knows about the blue line. The blue line. The blue line. That's going to be your book when you write it, huh? Uh, yeah. It's called The that, Blue Line. That blue line. Like that hockey book is really good. <laughs> the blue line. But uh, so people had to come in and sit down at this computer and shoot me an email or text me or put in a web order. And we had to treat it like a pharmacy and that, like, we like distributed the grain over the counter it was ridiculous yeah and so we did it for about three months and people came in who were just finding out about us and like hey there's a homebrew store and they'd be like what wait i have to order it at home i gotta come in and then you're gonna yeah and i build it out over the counter literally i was like dude just send me a text message of here's my number send me a text of what you want and like so by about three months, I called the county back, and I was like, look, this is crazy. People are, like, screaming bloody murder at you guys saying this is stupid. So uh, Bad PR for the village. Right, yeah. right. And there well, was... We weren't in the village. Oh, the county. The, the county, county, yeah, county yeah. right. That's yeah, the important the part county. we'll talk and there, about. And <laughs> I, I do have to say uh, that uh, a couple of people at the county definitely saw that this was a horrible thing, and... and uh, that they really helped, worked with me to to try to say, look, we get it. We're, we we have a rule book. You got to go buy this stuff. That w- that we're we're to the book, but we get it. It sucks. And so they did. You know, I, I do want to say it's it's not like it was all axes getting thrown at me, but uh, but so at the at the end of the day, they said, look, it's there. It's in your best interest. You just get out of unincorporated Will County and m- move somewhere else. So we. Uh, we started looking around, trying to find a place, and uh, Jonathan Prue, who's actually now the planner for, for Plainfield, uh, he was a craft beer nut, and he helped me get into Plainfield and said, hey, let's bring you guys in. Like, We, we would love to have you within our village. And he helped me navigate through with the liquor license and all the stuff. We had, we had a lot of stuff set up and like ready to go. Then all of a sudden, I get another certified letter while I'm still in this older building. And it's the building has gone into foreclosure. The plot thickens. Yeah. Do we need another beer timeout sip? Let's do sip. it. <laughs> Pause. Pause for dramatic effect. What beers did you guys just finish? What did uh, you have? That was Sludge. Sludge is Imperial, Imperial Russian, Russian Imperial, Imperial Stout. And uh, I had the English Poata. Do I say it? Oh, say it. Yeah. Say it better than that. You Brandon can do it says it way that. better than me. English pata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Got to come into the tap room and read the menu to uh, to understand. Yeah, that my one. father-in-law just had that one on Saturday. He loved it. It was great. Cool. cool. Uh, all right, back to back to our story. The saga continues. So cease and desist. I got a cease and desist. desist yeah. Number two. Uh-huh. This is this is no. This is foreclosure. This is, it's your a little buildings different. In foreclosure, yeah. bro. Yeah. So, Meanwhile, you had just negotiated. Oh, I just negotiated a deal to move into this other building, ready to roll. And our landlord agreed that we could get out of the lease. Yeah. Uh, so in my lease, uh, you know, he, he understood. He, he had leased it to me to do this and this business. And and uh, he just, you know, shit hit the fan. So he was like, look, oh, sorry, it didn't work out. You can, you can get out of this lease. All right, cool. Foreclosure letter. So my first call was to him and saying, Tom, what happened here? What What is this letter? You know, don't you listen to them. Don't you, you know, you know, keep sending me your rent check. Don't you send this bank. I was like, Tom, this is an official, like, certified weird, letter. Tom. Like, from, you know, the bank that you don't own a building. Like, when you have a mortgage, the bank owns the building. You lost it. He goes, oh, well, we'll, we'll fix everything. Don't worry about it. So my real estate background, of course, I'm going, Tom, that's how this works. It's in receivership. I've got to gotta, gotta send my rent to this receiver. So I called the receiver, too, and I said, what's the story? You know, they said, well, yeah, you lost it. We're, we've taken possession. So you got to make us rent checks. And I said, well, look, here's what happened. County shut me down. Tell me to get out. Da, da, da. They said, well, fortunately, you're bound by a three-year lease. You can't get out. So went back to the drawing board going, what do we do? Like now, you know, started this business, we're shut down, we come back, we're making it again. Here we are, now we're stuck in a place where the county says we can't operate. So reread, you know, through my lease and the negotiations that I, we had had with this landlord. And there was the use of the business when we uh, had stated what we were going to do. In the lease, it said we were a retail uh, distribution and um you know, wholesale beverage related business. That first word was retail. Came right? back to the language, huh? Came back to the language. Wow. So I recognized that. So I highlighted that nice big red marker and pink and yellow and whatever, orange. Oh, I, like, I like your color usage. Sent that to the receiver and said, huh. Oh, along with the affidavit that said retail is not permitted. Okay. And I said, here you guys go. Guess what? You just adopted a building that. The court or the uh, the county has said you cannot do this use, and that lease that you just absorbed says I can. So either you got to go through and do zoning changes on this whole building and allow me to do what you are now in control to do, or hey, we can take the easy road and you can let me out of this lease. So they pondered it for like a week, and then they came back and said, "Yeah, we're just gonna let you out of this lease." So was it was the the new building or the new lease part of the Chicago Brew Works currently? Yeah, this, so that's it was our this part. Okay. Yep, yep. So you were staying. Would it be, what was it technically in the village at the time then? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm sorry. This was all north on this. This whole right. Thing this part. This whole part was happening by Benny's over on 59. Right. 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 But the but the lease that you were move, looking to move into by getting out of the old one was the the current Chicago Brew Works. That's then? current. Correct. Okay. In the village. Yep. And that's in the village. So that way it's at least the you know, they're your state you're still with Plainfield, you're still in Plainfield then. Correct. I mean, obviously you weren't at the time with Binnies, but 
or the building behind Vinny's. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, so that was also an industrial zoning, but the village was willing to give us a special use permit to allow to do our business in this usage. So it was kind of another little layer to the process, but that basically was a permit to say, or a license to say, hey, here you go. We know what you're going to do. This is awesome. Go ahead and do it. So we had gone through these special use hearings and got this all granted, signed the lease, uh, got out of this other lease, moved, and we built out the current Chicago Brew Works uh, where it's at. That sounds like a time suck, too, all the, the paperwork Jesus. and the meetings and the, uh, and the lawyers and all that. It was. Uh, we actually did all of our own. Uh, so we couldn't afford a lawyer, right? So we're, we're broke. Hey, we got shut down twice. Like, what, what do we do here? So we, uh, you know, we did all of our legal research and, you know, just, I mean, I also don't highly recommend to anyone, uh, don't just use a lawyer if you can afford it, find the money, use if a lawyer. You can afford it. Yeah. Or but, hire Brando. He'll, no, he'll do it for no, you. No, no, no. He doesn't have anything this. else to do. <laughs> so, uh, so we signed that lease, got the, started the build out. We did everything kind of ourselves. Um, and from there, uh, opened Chicago Burks, what it is today. And uh, that's the end of the story. That's not true. There's more. There's <laughs> definitely more more to that. So how was the photography game going during all this? this Luckily, the, it, was the only it was going keeping great. It, keeping it afloat, it, it sounds like. paid all of our credit cards, the mortgage, our food on the table. Best wife ever. Yeah. Support for, for like four or five years. I think we did that. Uh, Amanda. Where's six, the Amanda fan club years. shirts at? I mean, <laughs> yeah. why, why are those not being sold out there? Hey, we might need to get some of those. The Amanda fan club. <laughs> um, yeah, luckily it was uh, it was booming at that time. I had a, well, I still do have a Chicago studio downtown in the city. And then I also, in the meantime, because we are crazy, I opened a portrait studio in downtown Plainfield. At Just the same because. time, Brandon was opening his House of Awesomeness because why not? We didn't have kids yet. We were going full bore. Um, and so, yeah, everything was going great. The the homebrew shop was back on steady ground after we opened up here. And, um, I mean, I guess fortunately and unfortunately, I guess there's not an unfortunate side to that, but everything uh, was growing exponentially, and the homebrew shop took off like crazy once we moved to the bigger location. We added on, on draft um, beer, which was another aspect. The brewery was always in our pipe dreams of doing at some point. We started the homebrew shop because we couldn't afford to, well, we could barely afford to do the homebrew shop, let alone a brewery, and we knew we wanted to do that ourselves and start small. So we, uh, you can talk a little, well, we added the taps in to kind of get that ball rolling as we waited for all the federal licensing. And okay, so when you, when you get into the new building and Chicago Brew Works is, is going, like, what's the time lapse from, from you guys are good, you're done with all the, the nonsense, to we're selling homebrew stuff in a manner where we're not getting letters written to us, and then all of a sudden you got, you got taps. How, what's that time frame from start to taps? Um, so we, we, during our build out, we put the, the new tasting bar and everything like that in right away. As soon uh, as you open Chicago Brew Works. Yeah, there. Okay. that was, that was part of the plan that we wanted to have beer. We wanted to ha allow people to come in, have a beer and shop for their home brewing supplies, you know, enjoy themselves, you know, kind of walk around with a beer in their hand and just have fun, get away. 
buy homebrewing stuff. As corny as it sounds, it's still like my favorite part. I don't. I I, I did not homebrew anything until up until like a week and a half ago. It was the first time I've homebrewed, and I've been coming here for three years, and and it's still the corn. It's dumb. It, it's not a big thing, but it's like you walk around with a beer in your hand while looking at beer supplies. It's just something like cathartic about it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It it just feels right. It's a, it's a spa. It feels like it. That's it's, what I'm saying. It's a home brewer's spa. <laughs> yeah, it, you're being funny, but it's also it's seriously like it's it's just a better experience for some reason. Oh well, thank you. So so one one thing is before we even started this um this whole life change of being you know this homebrew shop and everything, I had wanted to open a brewery. I mean, basically the first day I ever brewed a beer on my stovetop, you know, you knew I knew I was like. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna open a brewery. I'm gonna work in a brewery. I'm gonna do something in a brewery. This is what I want to do. Dude's got vision. Got vision. And so before, while I was still in corporate real estate, and I was kind of having those moments of saying, "I need out. I need out." I kind of put this resume together. I had the winery experience for about a year, and had these things. Yeah, that's like, uh, believe it or not, brewers don't really care that if you've been stung by bees a lot. Uh, when you're applying at breweries. That's not on the resume. That's no. a shame. So I applied at, you know, uh, Goose and Rock Bottom and all these different places all over at the time and just never never got the job. Never, you know, I actually made it really far with uh, Great Lakes down to kind of the, the final interview. And, and same thing actually with Goose Island. I made it to one of the final interviews and just never never got it. I always picked somebody else or went some other direction and and kind of was let down. So that was part of, I should say, the moment of, well, if I can't get into this industry that way, we're doing it ourselves. Doing it yourself. Yeah. So, um, again, fast forward. So we're now we're, you know, at Open Chicago Brew Works. So the whole time we're like, we're going to uh, start this brewery. So we, that licensing process got it. So that was... 2013 or so uh late 2013 mid 2013 uh if anyone remembers that time that was like the first government shutdown so we had our ttb in how timely yeah awesome hey we've only been shut down twice before now the like whole world the united Mm -hmm. states of america government shuts down on us and uh luckily we had this bar going in place and I had put some like floor drains in where I knew we wanted to brew, and we were serving, uh, you know, taps of whatever the be- the best stuff we could get at the time. Which I found out this is my first foray into the Illinois beer distribution market. Rough. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I want all this good stuff. And they're like, huh? No. You've got four taps, and you want our best allocated stuff that's not gonna happen hilarious yeah you can have this outdated ipa that we found in the back of the warehouse only if you buy this other one too yeah if you buy these 15 other kegs that you can and i was like it runs like illinois runs all right so now i can understand what you're talking always heard about pay to play yeah and uh and i i wouldn't do it so i got i got really mad at a few distributors and was like this sucks like why can't can't i do this so um, there were a few reps out there, uh, and I don't want to m- mention names, right, but no, there were a absolutely. couple people that, that saw like what I was doing, and, and they were like, you know what? I've got this extra awesome keg, and I think I can get it to you. And Somehow. Somehow. 
And, uh, you know, they weren't asking for a handout by any means or anything like that, but they were no, like, but, yeah, they're like, you know, we, we see what you're doing, and uh, oh, here's this keg of, you know, dogfish bitches brew, or here's this double-oaked arrogant bastard, or here's this, you know, these different beers. And so next thing you knew, it kind of finally was working a little bit. And uh, we really had, a, you know, two distributors that we were, that were, that were nice to us finally and getting us these cool beers. So all of a sudden, the government shutdown ends. I think we waited like, God, it was like eight months for a federal license. So if you ever want to open a brewery, you have to have the real estate first. Got to have a lease in Need place. Some lead time there, huh? Lead time. Then once you have that, uh, you can apply for your federal. In the meantime, you got to work on your village liquor license, which we had already had a license for that because we were serving beer. And then once the Fed says, hey, here's your brewer's notice, your permit, then now you can apply for the state. So the Fed was like eight months, and the, the uh, Fed was eight months, the state was like three months. So we're like almost like a year, you know, we're close to a year timing of all this. So finally in 2014, uh, we got this awesome, you know, call from the state. After we got our Fed finally and got our call from the state, and they said, hey, here's your permit start brewing and wow. it was like we hit the ground running did he I mean, say it all dramatic like that too he's like start brewing yeah dude i think we went down to you're the our city. only hope <laughs> oh yeah oh, i yeah. think we were so excited we we jumped in the car and ran down to the city to get our certificate in hand oh that's awesome or had to wait or something all right no here's what happened i remember so we we oh no this is when we applied we okay, you and i drove, drove down drive. to the city we were like, we're going to go get our state permit. We were new to this. We handed in all our stuff, and I'm like, all right, when do we get our permit? And they're like, in like, you know, two to four weeks, we'll get a hold of you. And I was like, oh, huh. We drove all the way down to the city, paid $50 in parking, and we got to wait like another month. They're like, or it could be three months. We don't know. Like the our budgets they, they got hand cut. The, they hand the giant check to You're like, yes, yeah. the giant check. Where can I cash yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh shit! So that's uh, awesome. So we rented a limo. We <laughs> right. <laughs> so then they had issued us our license, uh, and I had to go back down to the city, um, and I had to give them more paperwork. Or I can't remember. And I was gonna pick up the license that day, so we raced to the city to get this license, and I turned in whatever else it was that they needed. The I think this time I just dropped him off at the door and we didn't pay for parking. Yeah, we, I saw, yeah <laughs> was, the excitement is warm. Yeah, just go get it yeah. and get out here so we don't have to pay for parking. Well, no, we did. We definitely paid for parking because this was the one where we, uh, I, I we freaking got him all that stuff and she's she's sitting there and she's like, well, it could be anywhere between one to three hours until we get you that license. And I was like, all right, all right, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. So then hour goes up you know it's like fifty dollars an hour to park down there or whatever so i'm like huh you're gonna you know going by the hour so a first hour came up and i go up to the desk and i was like hey i gotta i gotta go put more money in my car my name is brandon wright chicago brew works workforce brewing company make sure i just don't want to miss it if you call me because i know how this stuff works we didn't have a name at that point no i uh we had to have had a name by that point because you got to fill out the paperwork okay. so we had it we had All a right. name we had All a name right. at that point She'll allow it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll Override. Um, so we get, uh, so run out, put more money in the meter, run back in, and hey, I'm back. Everything's good. Okay, okay. Wait another hour. Go back up. Hey, 
Two hours. I know you said up to three. Cool. I got to go put like 50 more dollars in this meter. Going to be gone for like five minutes while I run down from the 13th floor, whatever it is, the seventh floor of the Thompson Center. Get back out. Put more. We feed more money in the meter. Go back up. I sit for another hour. So now it's three hours. So I go back up to the desk and I'm like, look, I got to go put more money in this meter. Like, <laughs> I didn't have, you know, the app at the time. I don't even think the app existed no. where you could just like, you know, keep going on your phone. And We're talking uh, about like ancient years ago here. Yeah, I mean, it was like, like God, 2014. No, just the beers you rattled off for the distribution piece. <laughs> like, you're like, man, the beer, the beer world is so different from that. You know, uh, it's accelerated timeline. So we, uh, so I'm t- talking to the lady, and I'm like, look, again, you know, this is us. What can we, you know, what's going on? And she's like, okay, well, we'll let you know. And all of a sudden, there's like a cubicle wall, and behind the wall, this other lady pops up, and she's like what workforce oh that was done hours ago it's right here it wow. hands this like manila envelope over the counter she she's like, been oh. cool about it and been like oh i just finished yeah. this one <laughs> i was like come on man i've been here for three hours like yeah literally you could have told me anything else in the world like yeah she she messed up she was just trying to mess with you i think i i think i was done with that hours ago <laughs> So we got our license. We went back to the brewery. But not your parking money back. No, no. no City of Chicago got our hundred bucks. They got you. They got you. Or whatever it was. And uh, so we opened. So we that night we op- we opened the tap room that uh, that day or whatever or that evening or something. We threw a party and just were like, get in here. We got beer now. We we're legit. Let's go. We can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we opened the doors. Do you, do you remember what beers you opened with? I have no idea. No? No. Really? Uh, yeah, actually, None? yes, I do. Okay. You know what? Like one? Like what? Um, we had Anta, uh, no, we had Double Fist from oh, Revolution. okay. We had Double I Fist. I think he's talking about when we got Workforce on tap. Or uh, are you, well, that night, you that night when you came home, did you have home, your, your beer, your beer ready? Uh, no, or just, so no, 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 no. This, this is, is when we, the, right, this right, is when okay. we opened the tap room. Yeah. And because when we got our um, a state license for brewing, they uh-huh. e- they emailed that to us. So that's another quick tangent. I'll, I'll I'll make that one a shorter tangent. Doesn't matter. You got all the time in the world. The, My uh, hard drive doesn't fill up. It's fine. Oh, we'll put it to the test. Yeah. All right, I like it. But uh, but yeah, no, that was we had double fist on, and I think we had two beers. I don't remember what the other one was. Um, so. So now we fast forward, we've gone through, we've got our, you know, we're serving beer, shop's doing good, we got our uh, brewing license, and the way that that worked was this, uh, I had all these awesome beers um, that we had been now kind of getting in and and had these taps going, and our uh, license had to be renewed, and the state is very unclear of, like, when you're going to get your license, right? So... I owed him another 500 or 800 bucks or something like that for this license renewal, and they uh, wouldn't tell me whether it was going to be renewed. They basically said, well, it could be like one week again, or it could be like six weeks. So I paid this permit, bought more beer to keep the tap room going. We had to make a conscious decision whether we were going to shut the tap room down for three to six weeks while didn't you know save some money. But I was like, no, we need the beer. That's part of what we do. That's that's, that's experience as you're coming into our shop. Pay for the permit. Buy all this beer. And it was like a week and a half later, I get, congratulations. Here's your brewer's license. Wow. 
and at one point, you know, like it's mixed emotions. You're like, God damn it. Uh-huh. I just spent all this money. Yep. Oh, and by the way, here's your brewer's license and all the beer that you're serving all currently. All my beer now. You cannot serve that from today going forward. Mm-hmm. So Amanda and I had this kick-ass, like, keezer in our basement of amazing beers. That solid keezer party. A solid keezer party. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, But, you know, on the other hand, we, we couldn't be more excited. We were like a brewery, finally. And uh, maybe you want to talk a little about... Uh, Amanda, about the uh, how we came up with workforce because that was uh, I think a huge part of the story. That at, at this point, where was the balance between when you got that in in the email or whatever when you got the brewer's license? What was the mixture? You know, excitement to like panic, like holy shit, are we gonna be able to maintain this? Like, is this a real thing? All like, excitement. I it think. was all excitement. Yeah, I don't think we were. Like you had that I, much confidence mo- in like what you were gonna he do. He was more bummed that he couldn't Amazing. serve the beer anymore that he had in the. Fr- like, in man, the I was getting really cooler. good at this distribution thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I showed then, that uh, I was bummed, but I, inside I was like, yeah, all this beer, so. yeah, yeah. It's my beer now. Yeah, mine. <laughs> but uh, we were going to go ahead with Chicago Brew Works as both homebrew shop okay. and brewery. Um, until some of the um, the lawyer that we were working with, we uh, at this guy? point, no, 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 no. Uh, at this point, we had gotten. We wanted to protect, you know, as we're like growing this company. Uh, I knew trademarking was important. With you know, we had developed a logo and this brand and identity, and so we hired a trademark lawyer for. Uh, yeah, I saved some money up to try to like trademark chicago brew works and the new brewery chicago brew works like brewing company basically yeah so he advised us you know maybe that's not the best decision using chicago in the name because it's, although you can't trademark it there were the chicago beer company and other chicago brewery-esque businesses already using chicago in the name and just to kind of stay away from it if you can because they probably have more money than you and even though they they don't have they can't say it's their own. You can't trademark it. Um, Save yourself They can some fight headache. you a little yeah, bit. Save so, the headache. Uh, he advised us to maybe try to find a different name. So meanwhile, at Chicago Brew Works, we had an amazing membership club, which was called The Workforce. Um, that gave you discounts in the store, and it was kind of our loyalty program. Um, you got entry into our homebrew competition. It still is thriving today as a membership club called the workforce um so anyways kind of to back up we're kind of throwing names back and forth what uh what to call it and kind of just picking from random like okay now we're just picking some random name just to rename the brewery you know it doesn't really get this this ball rolling right yeah doesn't really go with chicago brewers at all it's just some random thing we're calling it and it just didn't make sense to us and we, we had like cedar brewing company or like pine tree brewing or all these you know things whatever yeah let's name uh, it after a tree <laughs> i mean it works sometimes right yeah so imperial we, oak <laughs> those guys rock they uh, they do rock um, double d's coming out pretty soon right <laughs> as everyone uh that's familiar with us knows how big and in com- into community that we are um we kind of fell back on the fact that the workforce is really was our savings policy to get equipment for the brewery. So there is a membership fee with that membership program. Um, oh, here's Mabel's making. Yeah, hey, there she here. is. Yeah. Um, Mommy finally gets to shine, and she's like, <laughs> boom. 
And My turn. Yeah. So, and where was I with that? Oh, oh you so said it was like a kind of a fee for the membership. And it's yeah, kind of keeping so the equipment. And yeah, so it's $25 a year. And all these amazing people signed up for our membership program and created this workforce that allowed us to get all of our, you know, some of our new equipment. And so we were like, well, what if we call it Workforce Brewing? I mean, they really were our saving grace of uh, helping us get as far as we are. They're all, all loyal customers. They all are just as excited as we are to open this brewery. And um, we were like, yeah, that's cool. Just like a little throwback to the those community members that really supported us and believed in the shop and the brewery to come and it was a light bulb moment it we, sounded like it made sense the way yeah. she's describing it i was kind of like whoa yeah <laughs> it was surreal we had all these names on paper and we just come up keep kept coming back to workforce like, like the thing that what, was right under your nose you're just ignoring and then you're yeah. like, wait a minute this is what this built is awesome. us yeah yeah well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny now because I'm wearing, you know, I wear shirts like what you got on, you know, all the time. <laughs> Workforce right on the chest, yeah. on, you know, and I, you don't realize that that name has a background to it. You know, it's not just uh, it's not just something that you were like, well, I'll throw a dart at it. And we'll go with that. Right. There's yeah, definitely meaning behind it. And everyone, you know, was already familiar with the brand, the name. And it just, yeah, kind of fell into place. And we were like, all right, let's move forward with Workforce Brewing. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just full circle of everyone that helped us get as far as we, we were. And when we announced the name, you know, it, it just rolled with everything that we were already doing and that people were familiar with and behind and just made, made sense. The Mm -hmm. end. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) There's there's no way that's the end of this story. (laughs) Okay, so for, from my from my perspective, when I discovered you guys, you had already had the tap room rolling a little bit, um, and you know, you you guys labeled yourself, which I thought was always cool. Uh, I was going to places like you know, wonderful places like Hailstorm, and, and you know, and all these breweries that have that have kind of established themselves over the last few years. But I always remembered going to your guys' website to kind of see what you're all about and and seeing experimental, you know, like microbrewery, you know, not. Not uh, just, you nano. know, right or nano. Yeah. Like not just just, you know, brewery or craft brewery. Like, and I always thought that was interesting. And then I kind of would go back through you guys catalog on your website, the, you know, previous beers. And you see where that experimental element comes from. And I think you touched on it, Brando, earlier when you were talking about just wanting these supplies that just weren't available. Like and that kind of plays into that experimental side where you're. Right. I mean, you like to play with your beer a lot, right? Yeah. So when I was homebrewing still, you know, I touched on that earlier was, you know, I my last homebrew system that I had operating out of my garage was uh, 30 gallon kettles. There's three vessel, uh, you know, hot liquor tank mashed on boil 30 gallons. So I was doing 20 to 25 gallon batches of beer. I'd split those into four to five carboys different dry hops, different yeast, different every. I mean, that's where I developed my sense and a lot of the recipes that we still so taking a base today. beer and toying with it. Right. Kind of. You know, I would, I would do like a really simple pale ale and then I would throw citra on one and Amarillo and the other, like for dry hopping and a mosaic or whatever was out, you know, what, what can I get my hands on? And then, Hey, let's do like an ESB yeast in this or let's do, 
you know, the Chico strain in this one. Or, you know what, screw it. I'm going to put a Trappist uh, strain and dry hop it in this. And we started Channeling like, your inner monk. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it was also like, ooh, sweet, that sounds cool. Let's do it. So that's where we developed uh, a lot of what we started off with with Workforce. And we still do that to this day. Um, so we'll brew, you know, we, we've been, when we first started, actually workforce i was brewing on that 30 gallon system as well as like i had a top tier um which is kind of like a, a vertical three vessel system that was also 30 gallons so i was like running these two little mini brew houses out of the back of our shop while i was building a two barrel nano brewery which is like hilarious that you know we're this brewery and we're building our big brew house and it's two barrels so for anyone listening that's like four half barrel kegs of beer at a time which is like still <laughs> nothing right absolutely nothing but to us it was everything and still as we still operate that system actually as our pilot system today and, and what, that's in the old brew works in the back right yeah the, still the there yep. I, it's so weird to say the old brew works like you know it's this, it's how a, long has this this edition been open here uh, right? labor day yeah like five yeah, months now yeah. but Four months. The old brew works yeah. back in the day. Ah, that, yeah, old place. that old place. The one that looks like it's got giant pots, you know, no, <laughs> on a stove. That's still our heart. Uh, we still do a ton of stuff there. All of our kind of R&D style brewing is done there. And yeah. we do a lot of sours and wilds over there. Um, so but, delicious. But we still brew, like say we'll even do a two-barrel batch. We'll still split stuff off into five-gallon carboys to this day. And we still pitch different yeast strains. We still do, you know, different fruiting or dry hop in these carboys. And we'll put those on in little, like, you know, six-barrel kegs as experimental beers. We, I mean, we, we have not lost that touch, which is pretty cool. So, so just for some perspective, uh, where we're sitting here, we're right around the brew equipment. So what, what uh, size are we at now? So uh, this year, or well, we're in 2018 now, 2017. Yeah, right. Went by quick. Uh, we Jeez. upgraded to a ten-barrel uh, brew house, which was you know five times the size of our two-barrel. So we kind of, when we expanded, we toyed around a lot about what size was, you know, the the optimal size. A lot of people go, well, you, you're never going to make it unless you do fifteen or twenty barrels or thirty barrels and distro and get out to all these accounts. And and Amanda and I, we toyed around with a lot of ideas, uh, and it kept coming back to work the workforce concept and that our loyal fan base and customers that helped us build this brand were the ones coming into our tap room and you know hanging out with us and drinking beer and and over our taps and so we doing all of our math and cal calculations we said well i think a 10 barrel system is the best it's not too big it's not too small We'll get some 20-barrel fermenters so we can do some larger beers and get some out to a few accounts or liquor stores that we, you know, what we like. we got some great partnerships with restaurants that would support us through and through. They want our beer, so we want to get them some beer. But at the end of the day, we still want to be experimental. We still want to do one-off beers all the time. And a 10-barrel system, 7- to 10-barrel system, allows you to do that. You start doing 15- and 20-barrel batches, it's... It starts, unless you have really good regional distribution, it's tough to do those unique beers and get them out and do one-offs all the time. So that's what we went with. We've got two 20-barrel fermenters, two 10-barrel. We brought our old 7-barrel fermenters uh, over as well. And uh, you, you mentioned some of the restaurants. Who are some of the restaurants in the area that you guys work, work close with? 
Right. So here in uh, Plainfield, um, Sovereign, Front Street Cantina. Who doesn't uh, love Sovereign? Tap, tap House. <laughs> good food, good beer. Uh, all these places, you know, Amanda and I, uh, Amanda yeah. does all the sales. She handles everything. And we always really try to align ourselves with um, places that, that will respect our beer. And clean tap lines are important. And serving so yeah, people that want want it, you know, like that, that really embrace it. We've had some restaurants that reach out and say, hey, you know, oh, we heard you, the, you know, this beer is good. We just want it. And it's just like, well, and we'll secret shop them before you get give them beer too sometimes i mean you got a staff to ask too i mean have you been here if you've eaten right. there what do you think about it that right. kind of thing and uh i think the first time i had your beer was at 12 handles in crest hill i yep. think that was formerly probably formerly i think a while, a while back maybe four years three years ago i don't know they've been a big supporter of us actually at first uh when 12 handles approached us um they actually came to us and were like we want like four to six permanent handles all the time and I was like, whoa, 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 you know, as a as a brewery. Nano brewery. Right. I think some breweries would jump at that and be like, yep, let's let's uh, get this yeah. inked and uh, th- those are permanent. And I kind of came at them at the point of like, well, we switch a lot of beers up. So you're not going to get like formally known as all time because we brew it only, you know, once once a month or, you know, we switch things up. And I said, secondly, like, I don't know if I want to just be like a four or six permanent handles. I like I, I would be really happy if you gave me one. Uh, I think it'd be awesome, and like, cause I kind of want to see some of my friends on tap too, and our other buddies that are that have these breweries around. Like, like, why don't you lose those like other couple macro handles and right. like, like you don't let's speak ill of the macros, but yeah, right, I mean, sometimes right. you, know, you can sacrifice one or two and get local. Yeah, you know? and uh, and and so that that's how we kind of we form this good relationship, and they still carry our beer. Uh, Freedom Brothers here in Plainfield. Uh, our first great pizza, great pizza. First yeah. tap takeover ever. Um, I've never been so nervous in my life, but uh, Alan from the Bavaria Lodge. Uh, uh, oh, you guys did a tap takeover over Bavaria? Um, yeah. They get some damn good beer first over there. Account, first tap takeover. It was first account, first tap takeover. Really? Yeah, we're brewing really beer. Really setting the bar high. Uh, Steve. We were nervous. So we got some uh, great guys that brew with us, and uh, Steve Wartendike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's my Facebook friend. <laughs> He's awesome, and uh, uh, I was got... hoping maybe he'd sit down with us too. But I, maybe I heard maybe he didn't want to talk. He didn't no, want to no, talk. no, no, no. He uh, it's a Sunday. He's not. He yeah, doesn't work on Sundays. Fine. But uh, we got Steve and Jake LaDuke, and uh, now Jake Schufler's brewing, doing, uh, working with us, too, on the Jake Schufler side. is like my, he's like, I don't know, he's like my spirit animal. He doesn't know that. <laughs> he doesn't know that, but, like, he's if always you, so helpful when I'm in here. He's, he's great. If you grew your beard out a little bit, you know. Or, <laughs> yeah, he's my guy, man. We, we, we'd spend a lot of afternoons in the tap, in the small tap room, and I, I would always see Jake and, like, Lisa would be working up the front. Yep. And he's always helpful. No. I, I just came in and bothered him the other day about, about how I should attack my double my dry hopping uh, <laughs> my secondary fermentation so he's he's always awesome you get a great crew here everybody that works for us is amazing but uh everybody i mean there's some I, of them that suck right now i'm just not kidding. a <laughs> single one no I, we uh we we love everyone that works with us and and they're like all we always say like all of our meetings it's always like seems sappy but it's so true like we really consider everybody that works with us part of our family um everybody and, love everybody yeah we just it's it's an awesome environment but but so steve uh got us in touch when we were like well let's try to get out to a bar steve's like what about bavarian lodge 
I was like, well, that's like, you know, one of the best craft beer bars in the country. They're pretty heavy hitters, right? I mean, right. They, they, they always have the big stuff on tap, you know? Right. And I'll uh, I'll never forget. Uh, so we, you know, walked in and Alan was so nice and generous to us and sat down and we rolled in with um, formerly known as uh, Sleepy Bear and our Imperial Stout, and our formerly known as uh, IPA. And I came with one other beer. I can't. Uh, it, was our, it was our Weiss, I think. I think it was Don't Tread on Weiss. And we sat down with Alan. Meanwhile, I'm like drenched. How long ago right? was this? God, I don't know. Then last year or like a yeah, couple years ago? No, it was back. like 2014 okay. probably. Cool. And, uh, and Alan like tastes the beers and he's, he's got like no facial expression. Just staring at he's him. He's just like, huh. Hmm, like, come on, okay. what's this guy? I can't you know, pick like, anything up <laughs> off of this guy. <laughs> mm, huh. All right. Mm-hmm, Sets it down, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, oh, Steve, we blew it. Oh, shit. Oh, this isn't working out. And uh, and even before we went to, I was freaking out. I was like, Steve, we're not ready for this. The beers, the, the bottles, like, uh, you know. I had a cold that week when my, I brewed this one. I don't know. My I don't carb know. level's, like, off. Like, I know it's, like, off by just, like, you know, one vial. Like, it's not going to like the mouthfeel. It's not going to like the mouthfeel. So, uh, so Alan tries all the beers, and he's, like, kind of puts everything down and goes, well, guys, you know. We get approached by a lot of breweries, and we've got X number of taps, and six are dedicated to Belgians, and we have four dedicated to Germans, and I've only got a couple for American, and you know we got some good relationships, and and this, and and, I, and I'm like, I look at Steve, I'm like, shit, this he is the, me. this is the, <laughs> it's not you, it's me speech. You guys are cute, but you know, we, not for I us. really like what you guys are doing, but it's just, you know, we don't have space for everything. And that conversation flipped, and he's like, he's like, you know, I don't have room for like all these breweries that approach me and these new startups. He's like, but everything you guys brought today was on point, and I'm floored by these three beers that you brought me. And I would be like honored if we could have your beer, and I would love to launch you guys and do a tap take over here at the Bavarian Lodge. And I look at Steve, and I pretty much. I think at this point I had passed out and like my head hit the table and I woke back up. I and woke several hours later. Yeah. <laughs> there everyone's staring at me in the whole restaurant. No, uh, and uh, you know, I'm like thankful and oh my god, that's amazing. And we walked out and I just remember like like looking at Steve and I was like, What the hell just happened there? And we held this party at Bavarian Lodge. I think we did eight beers or something. Uh, seven, That's a lot of beers. Seven or eight beers. Took over a whole, you know, thing of his handles, and we had a line out the door. Were you there? Oh, oh, sorry. I talked closer <laughs> to the microphone. Nobody could hear. I'm you, like right? signaling to him to get closer to the microphone. He's like, "You were there." Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I did. I did look Don't like I was remember. pointing at myself, but, no, but uh, I was definitely not there. But <laughs> but so we had a line out the door, wrapped around the side of the building. It was crazy. It was standing room only in the bar and. And it was all of workforce. It was so cool. all of those members. All your people are like, yeah, every, coming out, the coming crew, out to support. The crew rolled deep. It's and, actually uh, like a twist to the story. I thought you were just gonna say like it was just people really excited about your nobody beer, but showed the fact up. that like you're <laughs> no, but the, no, no. The, seriously, though, like the the fact that the people you're talking about waiting were actually like your people. Like they 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 travel. They're like uh, <laughs> like Steelers fans or something. You know, <laughs> they they travel to to every city yeah. no matter what. It's like. Uh, Parents going to their first, you know, son's baseball game or something. That's we crazy. Have, we have uh, a really loyal customer base that we're sincerely like very, very excited for us. Yeah, which how, is how do awesome. those people when they those people come into the tap room? I bet that's like 
he's here. I gotta go. I gotta. Go. I, I know I'm doing something right now. I'm gonna set it down though. I'm working, but I'm gonna go talk to this guy all the like, time. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Is uh, every one of our employees they, they do a really good job at it, and that's part of when we interview them, um, and they, you know, when we present, say, hey, yeah, we want you to come join our team. Uh, when somebody walks through the door, you better say, hey, what's up? Or how's it going? And when they leave... They trick me all the time. Yeah, like, they were like, good at it. These people know me. They like me a lot, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, you. Hey, like, hey yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, but, but when they walk back out of the door, you say, catch you later. See ya. Hope, you know, you find everything, everything was cool. Like, hope you enjoyed your experience. And it's huge to us uh, bringing that feel of, the cheers mentality, right? Um, well, between Jake, you know, Jake, both Jakes, and then uh, and then Lisa and you two, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been in your guys' uh, either tap room, but I've spent many days as my second office here. I've spent a lot of days just, just on a personal level. I know this is not about me, but I'm just <laughs> letting you know that me and my coworker have spent full days here with our laptops open just, you know, and Lisa and Jake and Jake and uh, everybody in the tap room are always so awesome and they, they, like you said, they remember your name. They make you want to come back, and they're always willing to help. And I know I've seen a million times where I'm just here working, and I see uh, Brandon himself coming out from the back. You know, him and Steve maybe working on a beer or something, and I see a customer grab him about something he's doing with his homebrew and something he's thinking like, would I try this? And I've seen you sit and talk maybe for minutes and minutes and minutes. You know, like just giving them your time. Like no, there's no like rush on it. No, no limit. Like hey, you know, I'll give you a quick talk, but I gotta go. Like it's always like. My time is all yours. If you're trying to make a beer, I want to make get, help you make the best beer you can make. That's what we're all about. It's got to be part of the touch, right? That's it. That's it. And the, the cool thing is is that everybody I, I, I feel that works with us has absorbed that mentality, uh, and they should, right? And, you know, even uh, uh, Lisa doesn't, doesn't brew doesn't drink. Uh, doesn't doesn't drink. drink. She doesn't we drink alcohol, and uh, and yeah. she will sit and like work through homebrew problems with. So people. background on Lisa. Yeah. Oh God. No, seriously, get into it because she's like Take my best. Away. She's my best workforce bud. So, so, so get, like, let's rip her a little that's bit. That's all because of me. I heard, I heard. I heard she's second Lisa. shooter for you sometimes, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, she's she's a terrible photographer, but I'm glad that you like <laughs> kind of pity her and let her do it. Yeah, we had to pull her away from photography. <laughs> like this isn't just for you. kidding, Lisa. Maybe you should I'm start so drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, me and my buddy no, Christian yeah. are in here all the time. We just bother her all the time. She's yeah. my music buddy. She, she loves talking it. about Newfound Glory and Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Bring me back to the the yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, she got 2000s. roped into this early on and has been a trooper. Uh, growing with us and the company um, and learning the beer world from someone that, you know, was coming out of left field that had no knowledge of, of, of beer or drinking or any of, any of that. Um, although a love for community and all things craft um, and very like-minded of us, you know, kind of brought on that, that, challenge and has just soaked it up and now you can ask her questions about the shop and she'll she'll give you answers and you know knows brewing knowledge and all the stuff that you wouldn't think uh she would ever I know. feel like she consulted with one of you guys maybe jake or somebody the other day but i i was brewing a home uh, i did a home brew kit and i sent an email to the you know the workforce email and and uh 
I got a response back from Lisa saying, you know, with the PDF of the, the directions, because I was like, hey, can you send me a copy of the directions? But, and, uh, and she sent it to me, and, and I was, and I went, I came in there right after work that day, and I think Jake, uh, Shoe, uh, he was, he was <laughs> over there, and he's like, oh yeah, did you get those directions? But it said it was from Lisa, so I'm like, is she, <laughs> is she using, is she using like, like, yeah, it was all me, I knew this, I, knew, uh, I got it, I got busted. it. Busted. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like Jake explained to me that this is the best way to go about it. But she's like, blah blah blah, do it like this, and here's their directions in a PDF. Thank you. Like. <laughs> no, that's what that's the kind of like the the interactions that kind of set you guys apart. I feel like too, I and mean, plus you're unique in the area to where you're this awesome brewery that is right on par with every all these big breweries and the big boom. But you also sell craft beer supplies, which is amazing, you know. And we uh, openly share all of our recipes too, so that would spend a big part from day one. That's that's freaking awesome because we love it. I mean, I'm I'm waiting on Big Door Prize to finish secondary fermenting in a few days, and uh, oh, yeah. I can't wait to see how my extract kit came out. Yes, I'm a noob, so extract is all I can do at this point. But There's nothing wrong with brewing extract. Uh, that's how I started. Um, you can make amazing beer brewing, you know, ex- extract brewing. You have way more control over all grain and what you can do and the ingredients that you choose. But, you know, I hear a lot of people uh, talk down about extract brewing all the time, and, and I hate that uh, because that's that's how a lot of us in this industry started and if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't be where we are today. Uh, yes, yeah, some people, especially like with our shop now, they jump straight into all grain brewing, which yeah. is awesome because it's available. It's I mean, available. You can do it. Yeah, back. Uh, like you literally can walk in your guys's place, grab one of you, and you've never touched brewing supplies in your life, and you could leave at a reasonable price with like, enough stuff to do all grain brewing like that. That's the magic of Chicago Brew Works right now. When I first, th- thank you. When I first started, he's not the, being paid, ladies and gentlemen. Here's this twenty dollar <laughs> bill. Trust me, uh, trust me, I'm definitely not getting paid. Uh, when we, when I started brewing and was designing some of these beers, you know, fourteen years ago, and we'd go to like some of the homebrew shops or get ex like dry malt extract. Like it would be hard as a rock. And it sat on the shelf for the, probably the last four years. And I used to, like, have to take a screwdriver and a hammer and, like, chisel it apart to get it to dissolve to, like, go in. But uh, nowadays, luckily, the quality, too, of the process of making extract and how it's being packaged has exponentially gotten better. Uh, so ingredients are fresher. They they last longer, uh, especially the shelf life of everything has, has been increased. There's all these new yeast companies now now out doing all these things. You know, when you wanted liquid yeast back in the day, it was just White Labs or Y yeast. Uh, that was it. And you'd go to the homebrew shop, and like that yeast was like a year and a half old, and you were like trying your hardest to like make a starter and see one bubble we'll that yeah, like out here. like yeah. I will make this work. And probably that bubble that you saw was like wild yeast. Your sanitation wasn't right. <laughs> now you got like some sour culture yeah. going. But now you've like, got ooh spontaneous yeah, yeah. ooh ah my first wild beer, uh, but now there's so many options out there and everyone's really into quality control and uh, I think that's that's a cool cool way that hobby's gone too. All right, so we got into the weeds a little bit about about how the, how everything began. We got in, into the deep into the the homebrew stuff. Now let's talk a little bit about um, the barrels that are sitting all around your shops because that's that's a, something I'm fascinated about. I sat in the barrel house one at, at Penrose talking to them. 
the nails and the barrels, like all that stuff, just is like it's foreign to me. But I think it's like the coolest thing in the world. So, so what's what's your sour program like? Right, the wilds and spontaneous, all that. So we don't do any spontaneous beer okay. yet. Um, there's definitely and even wild. There's you know kind of a fine line out there uh, between you know this wild spontaneous movement and we do pitch a lot of what's considered wild yeast or wild bugs into our barrels but to do a true spontaneous beer you really need to have a cool ship uh after you like brew the funky work. buddha the, yeah, the cool ship. yeah and uh <laughs> uh and you know have it you know inoculated as it cools like you know belgian tradition for lambics and things um, we're working actually now on getting our own cool ship to be able to do spontaneous beers. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, where we've been at it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, don't it's sp- coming soon. Don't even have to alert. You just, that's breaking news. <laughs> so, you heard it here, folks. I love it. I love it. Uh, but Good for the podcast. Yeah. So, we, if you walk into our shop, you'll see these wine barrels racked all over the place, uh, bourbon barrels. With fun little signs on them. Fun little signs that say, don't touch her, I'll kick your ass, because you wouldn't believe what people... I'll also are. take credit for that. It's actually you. all Amanda's idea. I will Amanda's smack your idea. children. <laughs> it's all Amanda's idea. Uh, so we have a variety of things, and it goes back to our homebrewing roots of, you know, mixing different uh, Brett cultures, which is a wild yeast strain, or different um, bacteria, uh, lactobacillus, pediococcus, different, different strains of that. Uh, we do long term. You're talking sexy now. See. Oh yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the uh, Britannomyces projects. Yes. Uh, and so those beers slowly get released. We taste them uh, usually every quarter, every six months, depending on how the beers are going. Uh, we have different fruit variants. Uh, we've entered a few beers into uh, Fobab, the Festival of Barrel Age Beers. We've been uh, fortunate enough. We mentioned earlier, we've actually won. Uh, medals three years in a row in the fruit yeah, beer category. You had a good showing with that funk recently, right? You had a funk. That, uh, yeah, we had a we we've done some funk releases, small batch stuff. Uh, we we're always doing kind of weird one-off things. We actually uh, love to do, you know, these these small releases and kind of focused area projects. Uh, and over the last year. We haven't done as many as we used to due to the fact that um, our current new tap room that we just built and launched, uh, again, we didn't have enough money to do things. So uh, got the hammer out and the nail gun and the, uh, the saws. And um, we actually, Amanda and myself, uh, my, my father helped. And we did all the build out in our current tap room that yeah, you're sitting. If you haven't been to the new workforce tap room area here, um, or if you uh, just didn't know, as far as what I was told, uh, and I got, obviously you guys can speak on this even better, basically everything except for that long table going through the middle is you, right? I mean, you guys all did this on your own. The ta- some of those black tables and the, the light fixtures. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, it's a crazy build-out. It's beautiful. But. Yeah. Uh, it was because we were broke. Again, once again, five years later, still broke. and we... Too much experimentation. <laughs> And uh, so we're actually been ramping up in the last couple months doing a lot of unique stuff again, just because I literally every day for 15 hours a day had a tool belt on and was like on ladders, building and drywalling and mudding and building a bar. Um, We had in our new tap room, uh, we had uh, concrete guys do all the concrete work and a licensed plumber and electrician do that. 
but I was able to all the stuff that you had to have some license, you know, right? People, yeah. uh, tradesmen, but for all the carpentry and finishing work, uh, I was able to reg- actually registered in the village as a contractor myself and was able to do all the work. No more so. cease and desist letters for you. Didn't you learned your one. lesson. Not this time. You learned your lesson. There's no way yeah. I'm getting one Although of these. Although I check my mailbox every day. But uh, so we're really excited. Actually, we've got another. Uh, we just got our labels uh, the other day for we do a, a kettle sour. So we do long term sours and then we do kettle sours where kettle sours, we actually sour the wort in the kettle and then basically it's like pasteurize a fast paced sour. Basically, Correct. is that OK? And yeah, I think uh, I think he used to work for you or with you, uh, Dan Rosenberg. Yep. Uh, I was I did migraine the other day and he was. He was saying how he really spoke highly of you and and getting started with you over at the old shop, uh, yep. but uh, he he was kind of breaking down the difference between you know like a like an actual spontaneous versus like a you know a kettle sour you know right right, and so we we do a kettle sour line as well as uh, again not spontaneous but uh, lab culture pitched sours okay and uh, our internet sniper we do we typically internet sniper's awesome thank you uh, will. <laughs> Do a primary fermentation in oak uh, uh, wine barrels, and then we do different fruit variants. So the one that we have coming out here in a couple of weeks uh, was aged in our WB11 barrel. So we name all of our barrels uh, from we started at number one, and now we're at I don't know 60 or 70 or some crazy number. That feels good. <laughs> it's awesome, and this WB11 has kind of become a, a special barrel to us that we've built this Brett culture up in. And we take one beer out, and the next beer goes right back in, and we actually don't even pitch any more Brett. We stopped having to add culture to the, the barrel. The barrel's just seasoned, basically. It's a seasoned, like seasoned barrel, like yeah. Like a cast iron skillet. Like. Yeah, it lives in the pores of the wood. It's amazing. And uh, with, you know, we get these crazy beers out of it. So that's coming out, and we did a bunch of black currant puree in that one, so we're pretty excited for that release. I've had some really good sours from you guys. I think uh, the bottle one you bottled with the raspberry sour, I had I had that on tap and bought a couple bottles home with me. They were amazing. And your vultures line with all the different variants I've seen, the imperial one with the blackberries, and it just some phenomenal stuff that you guys have been doing over here. Um, you're talking about the... Uh, the, like the variants and stuff. How about your your bourbon barrel stuff? Uh, Sleepy Bear, the Putin stuff that you've done. Um, how long have you, you guys been doing that? Is it yeah. since the beginning, or is this kind of a... since day one? Um, in fact, you know some of these beers, uh, even as a home brewer, where where I was working and developing these recipes, um, a really good friend of mine, Eric Woodruff, who uh, had run a blog for a while, blah blah beer. Uh, he basically one day told, basically said, I want you to brew a beer that's just like Boulevard's Imperial Stout. Uh, and I, I, That beer is awesome, and I think you can make one. So I wrote Sleepy Bear. And, you get uh, weird requests like that all the time. All the time. Make one that tastes like Dark Lord. <laughs> no, but, but Eric kind of saw in us, too, that we hadn't done a big, rich Imperial Stout like that yet. Okay. And uh, so him and I, uh, we actually brewed that together on our top tier stand at the old spot. Our little Gra- thirty gallon, the hole in the yeah. wall. <laughs> it's literally a hole in the wall. Yes, <laughs> and uh, kind of grew and grew, and uh, we've just been brewing it ever since. I've tweaked it a bunch. Every beer I've done over the last fourteen years as a, even a home brewer, I'm always tweaking. I'm always changing, trying to make it. What can I do to make it better? And uh, now we've got it pretty dialed in as a 
is a pretty mainstay beer. And uh, we put that into uh, this last release. We've done a few. We blended some Heaven Hill and Buffalo Trace barrels for one variant. Then we did a single barrel for Roses. And then so we also brewed another. Uh, everyone's always calling, you know, Russian Imperial Stouts and American Imperial Stouts and the difference between them. And so we decided to brew another, uh, I, I consider um, Sleepy Bear more of a, an American uh uh, style imperial stout a little bit more hop forward okay more front and so we brewed a russian imperial stout and we decided to name that putin is a douche yeah everybody loves that name i've never seen anybody <laughs> read that name and be like that's a dumb name for a beer i'm still waiting they on love the, the <laughs> season six letter from uh <laughs> russia uh so right um, right russia. after we had like released that first beer uh the whole European crisis with Ukraine and with Russia tie, all this stuff started happening. I was like, Gold, we nailed it. Timing was Wait impeccable. Yes. Uh, so we aged that in, in uh, the first edition was a journeyman barrel out of Michigan. Yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen a few journeyman barrels. I was at Metal Monkey's party yesterday. I saw, saw a couple of journeyman barrels. They had something going on in. Yep, we started off with doing a lot of those. They were like 15 gallon barrels at the time, which fit our yep, you know brews. Barrels. What we were doing now uh, that we were a little larger, we're usually seeking out the 53 gallon. Looking for the biggins. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky barrels. Kentucky uh, barrels. So we we're you know we had some access to some different barrels, and we were able to get uh, wild turkey barrels, and I was like, huh. I love wild turkey. I don't care what you say. It's not well, a bad. What not more bad fitting beer. barrel to put a Putin beer into right? than a wild turkey right? barrel? So that's where that one went and uh, spent uh, about uh, I think it was sixteen or seventeen months in before Ooh, it was ready. That's, oh, that's awesome. That, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to detract from what we were talking about with stouts, but I, I wanted to rewind when you started talking about cease and desist letters and good timing on Putin. Well. I'm guessing a lot of people, especially your workforce, uh, you know, crew, uh, they probably know the story behind uh, what was Pineapple Express and is now usually called <laughs> formally known as. Can you guys talk about that? Because that's like probably, is that your number one seller? I mean, is that your best, is that your, not your best, but like your number one beer seller? If we, I mean, if we had a uh, mainstay flagship, that would be I want to nail you into a flagship. Yeah. You know, I hate like, that word. Yeah, it's terrible. But <laughs> um, It's definitely our the, most your popular people, your IPA. people pick your flagship. I mean, it's not you don't get to pick a flagship beer, right? Uh, so, most so it's re- like your most biggest. requested, most loved. Well, it's, it's how I got started on you guys, so I'm no different than you know anyone else. But, yeah, so but explain that. I, originally, I've always yeah, it was, ca- it was called uh, Pineapple Express IPA. And when we were putting in for our label approvals and recipe approvals through the TTB, they kind of pushed back on us asking if pineapple was used in the making of the beer. And because at that time it was before they had a pre-approved list of ingredients that you could, now they have a pre-approved list. You don't have to submit extra paperwork to be able to use. It's already okay. But before then, um, if you were to have used pineapple in the brewing of the beer, you would have had to have a recipe approval approved by them before you brewed the beer. And um, so we wrote back and said, no, pineapple was not used in the making of the beer. It's from the hop character, um, Citroen Amarillo. So they said, okay, well, since it's not used in that, it now is bringing on a connotation of an illegal substance, <laughs> oh. and we don't like it. Got a bunch of uh, 
weed smokers in the house. <laughs> Did you brew with marijuana? Yeah, right. Well, that's got to be a common misconception, too. With the hop smells and stuff, for people that aren't into craft beer, they probably are like, smells like a bunch of potheads brewed this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, they suggested we change the name because they suggested gently or? yeah we yeah. reassured the federal government that no marijuana was harmed in the brewing <laughs> process of the beer not that it wasn't smoked just that it wasn't harmed <laughs> it was, okay. was not harmed okay. in making it. it but no uh in reality it was just, great movie though I mean, it, great yeah movie. there's a movie Franco, if seth rogan. <laughs> yeah seth rogan so uh yeah so from then on it was she called just made formerly a conscious known decision as. like hey let's just be Let's just let's just not deal with that. Like, yeah, well, they, they wouldn't approve our label. Oh, they, they straight up said, no. "Yeah, we couldn't so use it, the it name." Never came out as Pineapple Express. Nope, ever. No, uh, just in the, it, within the tap room. Right, not so on like a, a keg. There was like a keg of it, label. That right? Was, you know, like on our and uh, on beer board, list, so. you know, on the menu mm-hmm. when we were first released, it so we're like, "Oh, yeah, Pineapple Express." But just, you know, it's funny how that works because it's a cool name to be like, "Yeah, let me get a formally." You know, the ironic thing is that there was actually already. At that time, which we, I, you know, now when you pick beer names, you're like, okay, we got to Google this. Who has used this name? Crazy. We got to be unique because otherwise someone's going to sue us. And uh, there's actually a few other breweries out there that had already used the name Pineapple Express. So I'm like, well, it huh. makes sense. I mean, it's, I get it, you know, but you guys have had it for I don't know how long. So I'm guessing yeah. you're probably the first ones to get after that, that, uh, that milestone. But like I talked, like I said, I talked to Dan at Migraine and they had an issue with the Stateville versus Statesville stout, you know, and then uh, Metal Monkey said when they first, the Furious George was called uh, Monkey Knife Fight and somebody had already had that. Migraine was going to be called Golden Spike, but there was a beer called Golden Spike. So they went to Migraine as as their name. So you hear a lot of that in the beer industry because you're talking, well, at this point, as as of today, probably what there's estimated at like 6,000 breweries in the country right now. Yeah, I I lost track of the number. It's it's a big number, though. I know that. if you got 10 beers a piece, even at the least, which is being so conservative, you know, know, you're bound to have some overlap. Yep, yep. Just go on untapped and search any name. I mean, (laughs) there's bound to be three or four breweries using it. Yeah, we, uh, so... Thus, we renamed the beer. We're like, well, we can't be, can't call it Pineapple Express, so we called it the beer formerly known as Pineapple Express. But, I mean, you guys kind of nailed that beer. That's a great beer. Um, I don't want to – I know some people are like, your greatest successes are not always the ones you're the most proud of, but, I mean, it, it's a it's a good beer. Thank and you. I really appreciate we're, we're that. Just, what did we just drink? We just drank the Blood Orange variant we, of it, right? Yes, uh, so we did a little pilot uh, on our two-barrel system batch of uh, formerly, and we're like, hey, let's switch it up and let's add some blood orange. So we added a bunch of blood orange puree, and we were like, damn, nailed it. Awesome. Well, I mean, even a small segue relating to that, um, the way you guys use your uh, your Instagram, your Facebook, all that stuff, like talk about how imperative that is to just being, just surviving and, and, and thriving in, in the current state of craft beer. Because I I came in here three you know three o'clock the day you guys released formerly known as four o'clock when the, the cans came out because I was scrolling through Instagram three nights before that and I saw a picture of one of you pulling off the 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 barrel you know or off the fermenter or something to to test it out so yeah that's uh, huge for us to share kind of day by day uh, stuff that's going around around the brewery, stuff that's going on, you know, to come in the tap room for the weekend, food trucks, events, 
uh, releases. It's our gateway to get to everyone quick. Um, social media has been amazing for us just to spread the word fast um, and reach a, a lot of people that are interested in what's what we're doing, what what's going on. Oh, well, Mabel's mad at us. That's fine. He's like, "Where's my binky?" <laughs> um. Okay. So, so with the social media and stuff, uh, do you guys do that as a? Do you guys attack that as a as a crew, or is that like most of it's done by Amanda, most of it's done by? Uh, it's ju- it's a joint effort, headed up by myself and Lisa. Um, the one that doesn't know anything about no. Yeah, exactly. But Love she's you, Lisa. a great <laughs> social media artist. Um. But yeah, we we both of us, you know, take a bunch of pictures around around the brewery. We're constantly asking the guys like what's going on, what's coming up. Um, you know, we're kind of the hype managers of of our events and getting food trucks here and the marketing aspect of things. Um, I I like the community aspect of of what we have going on, so I am a big proponent of getting everyone together, having community tables, having events, um, reasons for everyone to come out and enjoy a release, get excited about a beer, know, you know, what we're working on. Um, it just keeps everyone kind of in the loop and involved. And, and when you come in and you already have seen it on social media and you're like, man, I just saw those new hats you guys just got, like, where are they? That's totally Um, exactly my thought process on it. And I'm, and I, I don't want to say I'm Joe Everyman, but you know, like most of the guys at my level, or I'm not like a huge home brewer, but I'm a huge craft beer enthusiast. It's like we love being able to see that. Like we don't need to see everything, but like when you're tapping something, when you're brewing something, when you're you know labeling, like all that stuff's exciting for us. For for us from the outside looking in, it's like we want to know that. We want to know. Obviously, the can releases are number one. Like people here can release. They want to know. They want to be there. They want to know what time. They want to know the limits. They want you know. So that's that's great that you guys are very like it dialed into that piece of it. Amanda and uh, Lisa uh, both make a really conscious effort at when you know we don't do any like advertising outside of right. you know just us like in our cell phones and posting on social media to like let people who want to know what's going on with us like what what's happening now yeah. and they make a really good conscious decision or uh, of like trying it trying to not always just have it be like hey just come in to spend money we want to show our story we're open come on yeah in and like, drink with hey, us. like our seats are empty come there's on a in purpose behind down. what, you're, what yeah. you're posting and we want to show that we're like mashing in this new beer or uh pa- packaging like this because we're excited about it just like that that we've been able to do it and uh it's it that's a huge like part of our story and how we get from a to z yeah i think people uh you know are more excited they feel involved and or they are involved i mean we get people back and forth asking asking questions asking us to post pictures of like what's in the tanks what we're brewing um, you, and mean, you mean Instagram story beer porn? Yeah. When I see oh, somebody yeah. with a paddle stirring up, with, <laughs> and there's a little caption that says like "DDH formally," you know, like I'm like, oh, exciting, you know. We also uh, have a small line on the hashtag Brew Turds uh, Instagram feed. Uh, check that out. Brandon Wait, say it again. <laughs> say it again. Brew what? Brew turds. Brew turds. <laughs> I dig it. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I won't say anything else go, about go it. Go for it. <laughs> Search that hashtag. 
You know, the the social media game's huge. Um, and you guys talked about uh, community and that thing. So part of community is, and especially like we talked about, estimated six thousand whatever breweries in the area. Like I've seen and had some of your guys's collabs with people. Um, there's got to be a lot of people maybe coming up that you're working with uh, that you've recently worked with. Um, number one, one of my favorite beers that you guys were half of was uh, the Noon Whistle Lovable Stuffed Animals. The, that, all the different. I think you've done a couple different ones, right? Yeah, we've done. Uh, <laughs> How great is Paul? Oh, God. Tell Paul to do the podcast. <laughs> oh, they're they're both awesome, um, Paul and Mike. And uh, so. <laughs> God, I'm trying to remember the whole story about how that came up. Was, we were at CBC. Yeah, it must have been at Craft Brewers Conference. And we were, so the way a lot of our collaborations work, uh, you know, we, we it's not like we're trying to farm and be like just randomly emailing breweries. Yeah, it's will, like, you, will you do a beer with me? <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're in the industry. We're, we're very heavily involved. Um, we're at the conferences and everything. And, and all of our friends who own these breweries were hanging out, we're having beers. And a lot of times you're just shooting the bull, like just, you know, talking about beer. And you're like, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if we did this? And then they're like, yeah, hey, let's freaking do it. And uh, that's how it came at up. At like so 2 in the morning after that a whole day of drinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's usually at 2 in the morning. So so then um, it was whatever, however it went down, I was talking to – Paul and Mike about doing a collab and somehow we were talking about well let's do I think it was uh, Citra Citra Kitties and Sunsets was the oh, first one I think that's hilarious because I forgot all about they were that good I forgot about them they yeah were both of them they were awesome I was at your guys' tap room when you released and theirs when it released yes you know so so we uh we were talking talking and Paul like kind of was like joking and said like oh Michael never or uh, I saw, or what? How did it go? Is it rainbows or something? Rainbows? God, I'm I'm botch, botching the story. That's fine. The long story short, everybody's is, judging you right now, though. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's gonna judge. I think uh, one of them, one of the two of them, were like, "Oh no, no, I'll ever let me use kittens." I think Mike said he wanted I to think, use kittens. Yeah. He's like, "I just want, I love kittens and sunsets. I just want to name a beer after that." And I was like. Well, let's do our collab and name it that. And he's like, uh, I think it was that. He's like, Paul, I'll never go for that. And I was like, Oh, I'll get Paul. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that's what it's gonna be. It was like Citric Kitties and yeah, sun, Citric Kitties sunsets. and sunsets, and then like cit- wasn't there like a puppy Simcoe yeah. puppies or Sim- something? Simcoe like, puppies and sunrises was yeah, the second, yeah. and then uh, <clears throat> we are working on a third. Oh uh, no way! For real? Yeah. Again, yep. breaking yeah. news. Uh, it's. Uh, don't release the name. Should I not? Yet? There's people. No, yeah, don't. Because oh. there's like there's beer chubs happening when they start listening. All right, there's so some people like, when's that can? When's that? You're gonna get emails right away. Like, when's that can release? Yeah, like, uh, there three will, months from now. There will be a third in the series, and uh, we recently uh, we actually just sold one of our tanks over to those guys. Uh, you know, you know we, how I know that because I follow you guys on social media. <laughs> I saw it come into their shop. I mean, that's the beauty of it. I know yeah. that you guys did that already. That's so great. a lot of us all in the brewing industry, we all work together, and that's what's really cool about Chicago too. Is that our network of brewers? We all really help each other out. Like a lot of us are on texting chains or like in Facebook groups of between each other to like you know when you need something, hey, help me out. So actually, I buy all my can lids currently from 
uh, noon whistle. Uh, anytime I need can lids, they they because they're like, hey, we have three sixty cans now. We don't. Yeah, we don't that's need exactly these old how it works. Actually, now <laughs> clearance. Well, I was like, dude, I got all these boxes. To take them. Clearance items, bro. No, but same thing. You need hops, or you know, hey, I'm short on this, or and how. So we well, all I gotta feel like you guys would be like number one for that because when Metal <laughs> Monkey needs like some yeast or something, yeah. they just come right down the street, nine minutes away. Uh, I love uh, I love the call when I get like, hey, dude, I need Nelson Sovin. Like, you got that? And I'm like, yeah, I got like one hundred ounces in one ounce packets and they're like shit i need we'll like 30 yeah <laughs> okay we'll, t- we'll take it we'll figure it out but uh we get people with scissors they'll just uh, keep going but uh but it works out well so yes yeah, so we do have another one that's in the works but we also just brewed with uh some really good friends rocky reef brewing up in yeah Manacqua. i was hoping you were going to bring that up yeah well you, you mentioned earlier that you were from stevens point at some point no no no, no, no. I went to you, school. Were, you went to school in stevens point yep. okay yeah right which we have friends uh, well not friends but my wife's family has a small one-bedroom uh cabin fishing cabin up in uh Mosinee, which is right there and then my uncle was retired a few years oh, ago Mosinee? up in what yeah. there now yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful place. We go up there all the time to, to fish, and you know, and then my like I said, my uncle retired up in Monaco, which I went to Rocky Reef for the first time last year, or no, yeah, well, in 2017 in May, and Musky Bite, great beer. I mean, they they have some really good beers there. So, what's what's the tie to, to Rocky Reef? So, they uh, uh, they used to come into our homebrew shop as homebrewers, and uh, they would buy ingredients uh and so it was one day exactly how it goes they came in and they were like buying like eight hundred dollars worth of like grain and hops and yeast and all this stuff and I, we're, I, I was checking them out at the counter or I something. Think, yeah, I think jokingly we were like, man, you're really stocking up. Like, Are you starting a brewery? <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know if uh, Tyler or somebody was like, yeah, we're moving to Boulder Junction. And I was like, no Boulder way. Junction. I love Boulder Junction. For everyone's reference, explain to them where Boulder Junction is. Not every, I mean, a lot of us, you know, guys around here do have, go to Wisconsin quite a bit, but where, where is Boulder Junction? All right, so get in the car. And drive up 90 to 39 and take 39 north for like six hours. Yeah, just just go north. Yeah. Just go. If you've hit the UP, you're just a couple miles yeah, too far. Skosh. Skosh <laughs> too far. And, uh, and so I was like, no way, you're moving up. And they're like, yeah, we got to stock up, you know, before we go up there. We're, we want to start a brewery. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. I want to live in northern Wisconsin totally cool so you, got, you have a place out there a family or something my parents out there. yeah parents my, got a place um, out there? yep my grandfather uh used to live in Monaco and was an editor for the lakeland times up there the newspaper crazy and yeah just so we got some some roots and i got cousins uh my cousin nikki lives up there and uh so we uh from from there uh you know kept in touch uh with uh the rocky reef crew and I'm seriously. They make they make great beer. I went in there with very low expectations, being in the area that I was in, thinking like, you know, you get that snobbish mentality when you have all these great breweries around your 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 Chicago to you know you guys like with Noon Whistle and, and Workforce and Metal Monkey and everywhere. And like, uh, I'm not gonna have high expectations <laughs> going into Rocky Reef and just outside of uh, you know uh, Arbor Vita. Yeah. <laughs> and I went in there and I was like, holy shit, these guys know what they're doing out here. Then I ran into a bunch of Joliet people there, and I was like, "Oh, see, they have a tie to the area. See, they they knew the owners and uh, 
the guy that you brew. What'd you guys do? What'd you guys collab on? Yeah, so we uh, we did a beer called Stupid Sticky Fingers, yes. and it is an imperial stout that's uh, s'more s'mores driven. It felt like I saw pictures of roasted marshmallows on yeah. social media. So we, we ha- yeah, we roasted all four of us. We're out back with a campfire in a snowstorm, blizzard of eight inches coming down one day. Pretty intense. Yeah. And um, my uncle's a big snowmobiler. He loves that shit. And he's on like the <laughs> committee or whatever for the town. To, like, he does all the paths and stuff. He loves that shit. Yeah. So we had about twenty-three pounds of marshmallow, and we roasted on the fire about half of that. Yep. Twenty-three pounds of marshmallow. It's a lot of marshmallows. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think people would be able to like really. So each yeah, each bag is a pound. We had twenty three. Doesn't feel like bags. It It was intense. It was a lot of of roasting. A lot of. So by the end of it, you're like, God damn, stupid sticky fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's our name. (laughs) God damn, stupid sticky fingers. But yeah, uh, Tyler and I, we were sitting at the uh, his tap room and trying to figure out a recipe and working with you know. Uh, ingredients and everything and and we both were on par you know for for doing the beer and uh at first started out i was like a seven percent beer and then i was like well how big is the mash ton you know well, i can fit maybe like 750 pounds okay what about 775 pounds yeah, the, yeah okay what a about 800 pounds of grain okay maybe uh, next thing we know like day of we're like at 825 or something and like we're mashing in and uh and we're up to the lip and i'm like I look all at him and the I'm way like, to the brim. I was like dude we can get one more bag one more so we we threw in the one and i and his mash tun sitting on his floor and it's kind of like pitched just a it's little just a little bit and i was like looking at the other end and we mashed in that other bag and i like looked to the other edge of his mash tun and it's like literally just starting to spill over to the the edge and i was like oh i think we're well, good i think i think we nailed it so if all works out, it should be a you know around a ten percent real stout with graham cracker and Sounds cacao amazing. nibs and mar- roasted marshmallows and everything. So uh, we're pretty excited about that one. Do we have? Uh, is it just going to be bottled and sold out of Rocky Reef then? Yeah. So right now it's going to be a release from Rocky Reef. We're working. We're trying to get through licensing. Obviously they're in Wisconsin, right? right. So we're trying to figure Should out like how moving we can... drugs over the border. Yeah, basically. Like, yeah. Uh, how, Where's Pablo Escobar yeah, when you need him? Yeah. So we're, Narcos. Yeah, Season we're, three. We're trying to uh, figure figure out if we can do that, and if you know if it doesn't work in our favor, um, we've already talked to them about coming down here within the next month, and we'll we do have it a again network here. of beer mules. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we can yeah. put you in contact with. Yeah. My my uncle's going to be buying it for me, so yeah. <laughs> so some people will get it, but yeah, we definitely want to uh, do it here, and they're actually going to come down anyway because we want to. When we do collaborations, we really like to. Re- you know be reciprocal right yeah. and so they are the, th- the thought was already there of like them coming down to do another beer here and then now it's like might even be turning into like well while you're down here take an extra day and let's let's just do that beer again so we got it down here mm-hmm. as well as we'll do something else so it's a great we'll idea but yeah we've done a lot of collaborations uh over the last four years and it's it's cool how we all get to put our our input in on everything and Amanda also, uh, Lisa and Amanda uh, do sodas here. We do our own craft soda. And they're good. They're, they're, I can attest that they're very good. We blew through two kegs of soda last night, and uh, I was just like, geez, we need more soda. But also, Amanda does all of her own uh, kombucha as well. Uh, Had that here, really too, cool. and it's wonderful. 
So she's uh, she is the yeah. It's taking a little hi- <laughs> taking a little hiatus with uh. You got some Mabel things going on. Going you got some on, things going on right now. What's what's <laughs> taking up all your time? <laughs> yeah. Is it the photography or the new child or the yeah, brewery a little, ownership? A little bit of everything. It, I got to tell you guys, it's shocking to me. Not shocking, but the fact that you guys managed all this with. And, and all the story that we went into at the beginning between the lawyers and the and the in the business plan and the POS system and everything, like you're a photographer and you're Brando's world of awesomeness <laughs> or whatever. Like like how did you guys figure all this stuff out on your own? Like there was points where you guys were doing everything on your own, and for people with no, I mean, you said you had real estate background, but real estate fully prepare you for something like that, like a, building a POS system and doing everything yourself. So this goes back to my original comment when we started this podcast where I was like, yeah, I'm a university studies major at Southern Illinois. Anyone listening to this podcast, please take accounting, business yes. management, you know, everything. That classes. will give you yeah. all you need. Uh, I really, unfortunately, didn't pay attention to a lot of that stuff when I you know, was barely passing through grades and stuff of uh, college. And, well, you're being um, awesome. It's it hard just, to do that. It was tough. So we... He was busy brewing for the busy. house parties. <laughs> 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 that you, may or brewing, may have not happened. You were uh, brewing uh, variations of uh, Old Milwaukee's Best. Yeah, <laughs> old style. <laughs> I've got a variant uh, for style. you here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was really hard. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I read through that the Illinois Liquor Control Act of whatever it is, 1932 or 33, which Illinois still abides by. Um, you know, when I was coming up with liquor license law and all this stuff, it was just, that was part of, like, not using a lawyer at the time because we couldn't afford one. You just got to keep reading and reading and reading and reading and trying and throwing sh- shit at the wall before it sticks. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. it's a sticky wall. But goddamn sticky fingers. <laughs> goddamn sticky fingers. But uh, but we it got was a lot it. of trial and error, and things you know we took on that I don't know. We each picked up you know part part of like whatever we felt like each of us was going to be able to accomplish. Um, and then when we started adding on our team and staffing and stuff, it just a lot of our friends like helped at first. Just. To do whatever they could to help us or work a couple days a week. Um, it's such a common uh, story that you hear in the industry. Is it's like families and people just pitching in, you know? Right. And uh, then when it came time to like putting out, you know, an announcement that we were adding on to the team and taking applications and getting into all of that, it was like an unknown territory for yeah. us of managing employees and well, you know now you're hr you're, you're you're everything you're everything that a so, corporate uh, business has to deal with yeah you know? thank god everyone that cool. came on board <laughs> is uh also super cool and kind of rolled hiring right now or no we are currently um, hiring okay do you mm-hmm. want to throw that in there like, if anybody can make it to our uh, hour 152 <laughs> <laughs> is that how far we are? We're an hour and fifty-two minutes in. Hey, oh, okay. uh, like I said, I can go all night. It's your guys' time that's valuable. So you tell me when to stop. But well, but if you guys got a job, you guys got a, you guys got a, something posted for hiring. Then yes. What are you so looking for? Actually, uh, in the homebrew shop, we're looking for knowledgeable homebrewers that uh, work nights nights and weekends. Um, nights and weekends key. Yes, that is key right now. And then um, we're looking for some tap room servers um slinging beers in the new tap room um just to free up some scheduling for our current team right. members you gotta but have that pool of people available you gotta be gotta passionate gotta yeah. be passionate 
about what we do. So, so, so I mean, I, I know I don't want to keep you guys too long, but while I got you, like, what's that transition like from that small shop over there to like, shit, I got to hire a whole tap room full of server, you know, people that to serve your beer. I mean, you got what? You went from how many tap lines in the? Yeah, we have a uh, twelve. Well, we started with four, then we grew to six, then next door we went to um thirteen, and then. That's where it is today. There's 13 taps over there, plus or minus like one we, you know, depending right, on what right. was happening. Uh, and then over here, we jumped to 24 uh, to help uh, uh, like us, you know, we do these experimental beers. We want to like show it. That's a lot of line cleaning. Jake LaDuke <laughs> cleans a lot of lines. Jake, every, thank you yeah. so much. Oh, Jake had you. a new baby too, didn't he? Yeah, Rory. Yeah. All right. Congratulations to this guy as well. So everybody's having babies. Right? What's up? You guys, it's in the, it's in the uh, very osmosis. <laughs> yeah. If you drink water, Workforce right? Brew, there's a chance you may yeah. have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Watch out now. Yeah. I saw him taking a picture with the baby in the, in the brewing area the other day. I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking to my, it's weird. It's a weird thought, but I kept thinking to myself, like, is it going to breed more like, like I have a seven-year-old daughter and she, she's loves watching us do the homebrew. I'm like, is it going to breed like some more like female brewers along the way? They're just, uh, you know, or boots, just kids, man. like any, anyone, the kid, female or male, like yeah, these little kids that are going to, they're going to, your kid's going to spend so much time in this yeah. brewery. She's, she's going like, to love or hate beer. Right. She's going to be like, the, she's like, I don't like it, but I'm going to brew it because I'm really good at it. And it's in my genes. Like, uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a cool transition to, and you what know, was that hiring process become, becoming like business guy all of a sudden, like, it's the worst. I, it's man, the worst thing it. in the world. Uh, See, I like that you're honest about it. You're not like, no, it's fine. Like, yeah, no, it's fine. I was never, ever built as a person to ever manage or run uh, staff. I and feel that way about myself. <laughs> I'm like, man, I should never do that. I barely put on the same color socks in the morning. You know, it's... Uh, it's so what, what did you, where did you find your issues? Were you like... They were all fine, or were you like none of them are good enough? Like they're nobody's passionate enough no, about it. Like no, it's uh, you know, it's just one of those things where um, I always put blinders on and just focus and do my thing. Like every, all, when I brew beer, whenever I'm doing, I'm just like head down. I get what I need done, and uh, now that you you know you have a staff under you that's that's like passionate and willing to work, uh, you know, it's hard for me sometimes like. You know, the other day I was brewing with, uh, 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 Shoof was uh, helping me out in the brewery, and I had apologized like four my times guy. to him. Love I was like, guy. dude, I'm sorry I didn't, like, explain that better to you. I just, like, I just did it, you know? I just, I just like, turn these valves, and I did that. trying I to help you up. learn, but at the same time, I'm right. just doing my Brandon thing right, right. now. Right, and uh, that's just kind of like, you know, my that one-track mind of, like, I got to get from A to B, and then also make it through C D E F G to Z, and I'm going to get through it. And uh, Amanda and Lisa actually do a much better job at it than I do with, you know, sitting down in the patience thing. Cause so I'm I, guessing Amanda and Lisa had the final uh, final say. Yeah. Well, you got to get through Lisa first. Who's a thumbs up? Who's a yeah. thumbs down? And then, uh, you know, but it's all just like a puzzle game, you know, finding everyone that's going to be able to work together and support our brand. Mabel believes it, too. Yeah. 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 Speaking out loud she's and like, proud. Yeah. She's like, you guys did a great job, Mom. Yeah. Um, we're super yeah, lucky with so. like everyone, you know, even we just had our, our holiday party and like we, Amanda and I look around our tap room and, and at everybody that's like with us on this journey and it's, it's not truly to be sappy. It's like, we sit there and like, we're just are in awe of like, God, everybody 
is like you guys are all awesome yeah <laughs> and they're friends oh. with each other and we're they, always texting you know, each other yeah, you know we're so. like talking every day all the time it's not just like oh, it's uh 5 5 p.m i'm out i'm right. going home like, like if you're there the day i'm brewing we'll talk but like no it's like it's no we're always <laughs> yeah shooting ideas for yeah. it or you know and in the summers we're like tubing down the river or uh, <laughs> here in the dupage or something like we get together but that's awesome uh, we're super lucky uh for for everything that's how things have happened it's a different world when you go to the, in that small space to like now you got to have somebody covering this area and somebody covering this area it's like you brought all these new people into the fold now you know I, I, yeah, think, I, mean, I think Facebook-wise or social media-wise, I saw recently in the last year or so, you guys took everybody to, like, medieval times or something, right? Like, yeah, we tried to do this. That was awesome. <laughs> that so awesome. Do, uh, our night some, lost. Some outings. Yeah, our night was not good. The black and white night? Jeez, come on, man. <laughs> totally could have. Totally could have yeah. done better. <laughs> what? What is this? This is... You got all the nights, uh, right? So you, right. you ever been to medieval times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. I'm eating with my fingers. I'm having a good time. I'm yeah, checking you out got the like horses. the green night, the yellow oh, night, yeah, right, uh, whatever, right. the red night. We were the. I'll black. be honest. I had a stupid moment there when he said black and white night. Oh, I'm yeah. like, wait, was this a separate event you guys hosted? Black no, and, no, no, no. Black no. and white night? <laughs> no, we were. No. <laughs> like, oh, no. We he's were still the, on the medieval times. Yeah, no, yeah. that was my fault. <laughs> yeah, black and white night. He he sucked. He was terrible. He was your guys' night. He was terrible. Absolutely did not win anything. Neither of the Jakes jumped in there and helped him out. Okay. None of them. I'm no. ashamed no. of them. No. no, none of them. But yeah, no, we just like getting everyone together, and uh, you know, it could be just dinner in the tap room or going out tubing or medieval times. Um, See, if anybody's just, looking for a job, they should be. I mean, they should be. We like to have fun. To, listen to these Axe perks. throwing. That listen was last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, I saw that. I was like, where is that place? I had to Google it when I saw you guys were over there, and I was like, that looks. Awesome. It yeah. was in the city somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's in like the Fulton Market West Loop yeah. area. And uh, like, here's some we plywood. Like, hey, throw some, throw some axes. Yeah. Out. So we did curling after that. That was fun. But like, then what they, they yell, what they yell in curling when they're. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> well, this was more like shuffle, shuffleboard. That's curling. Kind of well, yeah, but kind you don't similar. get to shuffle. You don't get to. There's curl no ice. There's no ice involved. Yeah, really along okay. the way. But no the axe stones. throwing. As soon as like all my employees started picking up axes and like throwing them, and I was like. Huh, I should probably yeah, call my insurance like, broker and see if this is covered. Yeah, like uh, I'm watching. I'm watching you, Jake. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's where like the, the the business side of it. You're like, shit! I just gave all my employees axes to hurl. Like, but. how much money is in the budget? We need to do some raises. <laughs> we need some raises here uh, before we get. Hey, we're all murdered. cool with each other, right? It's cool, but. Yeah. Hey, who wants to brew next? Yeah. <laughs> so, how many of you guys really touch a brew? Like, um, so, uh, actually on the brew house side, it is myself and Steve and, uh, Leduc and Schufler. Um, right, so man, I see Steve crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're always in the zone. Like you, like, just like you said, like in the zone, yep. Mabel, you're up. Let's go. Hey, Let's Mabel. talk about it, baby. Here's Mabel. Look at she's Here's Mabel. She's got, up, like, Mabel. she's got her lumberjack <laughs> thing happening. <laughs> she's yeah. about to start nursing the microphone. <laughs> she's digging it. She's like, that feels good. Let's do that. But, so, uh, yeah, so there's four of us who are doing the brewing, the packaging, you know, the seller side. There's Hair, Jake's, and then you and Steve. Yep. When you are, you know, as a brewery, there's a there's a million roles. I mean, between filling out paperwork and taxes, between tapping kegs, Easy. cleaning kegs, pa- you know, packaging. Nobody would shit. think about that. Yeah, either, no. Everyone, you know, everyone wants to be a brewer until you got to do brewer stuff and like sit under a fermenter with like a small toothbrush, like scrubbing. Fill out your TPS reports. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh but that's part of the process and all of us love uh what we do and doing that so we uh work really hard at it and <laughs> totally you know, worth it <laughs> it's it's worth it man uh you know man and i just finally got away every january we try to take a couple days uh gotta you know, catch week. walleye somehow gotta catch <laughs> some walleye and and it was cool when we came back uh and i walked in the tap room as soon as we you know we come back from vacation and did we go straight home no we literally drove straight to here to like you know <laughs> come back to you're a sick individual yeah we are we got some problems but I walked in, and, and our staff took such, you know, while we were gone, tech, took such good care of the place, and, and it was clean, and everything was organized, and, and it's that that really, like, you know, I went home, and, and, and you just are, like, so excited that, like, everybody cares just as much as you do, mm-hmm. and everyone's taking as good a care as everything as, as you wanted, and, uh, and then you sit back and you look. Uh, there's so many nights. I can't even count them uh, how many nights. Like nobody's here, and or just be Amanda and me, and now Mabel. Uh, and, and now Mabel's here as well. And we'll sit, we'll stand in the center of that brewery, and like have a beer, and like all we do is like turn around in 360 degrees and look and be like, "We did it." Just stare in awe. We freaking did it, and uh, and and everybody that's helped us help helped us get to that goal. So that's pretty cool. Well, it's one hundred percent. You guys definitely did it. I mean, all all, all the guys I trust the most with beer, and uh, all the guys I talk to the most and drink with the most, they all make this a point to uh, a point to stop at at every turn. And like I said, all the guys I know that brew at home, this is where they get everything. They'll call, you know, they might get a couple pieces here and there online, but nine times out of ten, they're going to come here and uh, you know mill their grain and and take care of everything here. So you guys have everything and. It's a wonderful place, and you guys, like you said, you built this amazing team, and uh, we got to hear the whole story on the background of it. And I'll let you guys get going. I know you guys got stuff to do. So, so is there anything? Mabel's else? looking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out, man? No, I think we covered it. Um, Mabel's sorry. She's not sorry. <laughs> you know, anyone that listens to this podcast, thank you so much for letting us talk for two hours. But it's a big story, and we love to tell it. And and sometimes, if, you know, you stop by our tap room and you hang out and you catch uh, Amanda or myself, um, you're going to hear that goddamn story. So you better have two hours of time. Right. Don't be afraid to stop <laughs> them when you see them walking through the tap room. But mostly the, to, the most thing we can take away from this is just make sure there's a lot of harassment of Lisa Beck if you see her. Um, <laughs> just make sure you mess with her, tease her, anything. Buy her drinks that she doesn't want to drink, anything. <laughs> Criticize her photography, whatever you want to do. Um, but no, I really, I really appreciate you guys sitting down. You guys were like, uh, I don't want to go extreme, like bucket list, but like you guys, you guys were on the on the top of the list when I started doing the podcast. So thank you. Uh, you, you guys are like home base for me. Uh, you guys are in between work and here and work and home. So it's like every chance I get, I'm gonna jump off at that Plainfield exit on 55 and and head down here. So. Um, it's a great place. You guys make amazing beer and you guys are always, I love that you're forever changing. It's not, I don't have to drink the same beer every time I'm here. I can come here and try everything and you got every style I can ask for. So, um, if there's any, do you guys have any events or anything coming up you want to squeeze in before? I mean, you guys got, aren't you doing like Pio or something? Pio and 
Pio and a beer, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's like awesome. We just did yoga and beer at Iron and Glass, and we're gonna go to every possible exercise. Well, beer so we thing. had yoga yesterday. Oh, I didn't it. see you there. No, we had three parties. Uh, yes, but you Pio, know, you'll know once these kids start to grow up. You know, <laughs> I gotta go to five birthday Not parties yoga every Saturday. Parties. <laughs> no, yoga parties are uh, way better. Yeah, Pio's coming up um, at the end of February, February twenty fourth. We're also doing a Valentine's. I don't know when this is. If That's fine. And Valentine's I'll, Day I'll dinner quick. with Roaming Hog. Oh, yeah, it'll be um, out before then. The 14th, uh, Wednesday night. How great is Roaming Hog, though? They're Seriously. one of our favorites, for they sure. They were at Metal Monkey yesterday. I saw them slinging out some, some goodness. So. This uh, upcoming Saturday, if uh, again one week from today, if it's yeah. out, the podcast oh, it'll out. be out. Good, uh, our really good friends at Solstice. Uh, we've got we've done um, that's their third anniversary. We've done a beer dinner with them on the first two, and we're uh, again partnering with them for the Perfect. third. We're doing a coconut sleepy bear for that one. Shut so up. there's a few tickets still available. It sounds awesome. Probably not by the time this podcast comes out, but yeah. you can stand out the door and, and this thing might be out yeah, tomorrow afternoon. Okay, peer through the peer through the I don't window. I not have to edit anything. <laughs> yeah. We got a, a bunch of food truck parties coming up. Everything's on the Fridays on usually. The website. Usually, well, they kind of rotate. Be, it's every weekend um, now, and it usually rotates either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Okay. Sometimes Friday, Sunday. Sometimes only Saturday. So. And we will have. Uh, the uh, internet sniper that was aged in a wine barrel with so black currants is coming so out within good. the next couple weeks. Uh, hopefully, black currant can only take weeks. it to the next level. Yeah. That's good. So, well, yeah, we've you know, you can check out our uh, social media or website. We've always got something going on. Yeah, it's pretty easy to find them. Just remember, it's W E R K for work. Anything workforce, Chicago workforce. works. <laughs> Just get them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the uh, the the normal social media outlets, and then they're then they're web page you can find pretty easily so well, guys brandon and amanda thank you guys i really appreciate you doing the podcast i can't say that enough and uh, i'm sure i'll be back here in the next couple of days anyway to just drink your beer so thank you we Sounds were good. uh super excited once as soon as you emailed us uh you know it was a no-brainer uh, yeah. we've known known you for coming in for a long time and uh we were ec- ecstatic that you even asked us to do it so thank yeah. you as soon as you guys need anything else we'll be back we'll come back and we'll do an update if we need to later on oh <laughs> update we only got we only got like the the first two hours of the workforce story we got, <laughs> there's, there's more i'm sure there's more and then uh, and then <laughs> no and then all right well thanks for being on the podcast average joe's above average beer podcast and we're out cheers cheers, cheers.